Do you want me to shut down as well, Ben? Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Are we Ben? We're live. Thank you very much. Uh, good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome particularly to those listening at home on the live broadcast. This is the 6th of July meeting of Uttlesford District Council's Scrutiny Committee. Particularly significant meeting as we will be covering a number of issues in relation to the new local plan. Um, can I welcome Councillor Evans and Councillor Storer, uh, the portfolio holder for planning and the deputy portfolio holder for planning, who will be speaking this evening. Councillor Caton will be joining us later for the National Audit Office item, and I thank him in advance, and I thank Councillor Sutton as a substitute for which we are grateful. Quick reminder of the usual housekeeping rules. Uh, scrutiny is a critical friend of the executive. Robust scrutiny, robust disagreement, robust questioning is to be encouraged and indeed is our purpose, but that should not stray into politically partisan point. We are here to assist the work of the council not to um, make political capital out of issues. Uh, the rules of debate in accordance with Part 4 of the UBC Constitution will be followed. It will be a long meeting. I will be asking your indulgence to extend the meeting beyond two hours as we have a very full agenda and we do not meet again until September. And I will be up holding brief rest recesses at 5 to 8 and nine. We have two public speakers this evening. Mr. Davis, welcome Mr. Davis, thank you very much for joining us. Uh, I'm always pleased when we have members of the public speaking in our committees. As I say, local democracy is not a spectator sport, so thank you very much indeed for taking the time and effort to engage with us, and Councillor Pavitt has registered to speak as well. Uh, Protocol is that we start with public speaking, so Mr Davis, the floor is yours. You have four minutes, although should you require a little bit longer, I'm sure we'll be very indulgent. Thank you, uh, Chair, and brevity is key. Um, thanks for allowing me to, to speak at this scrutiny meeting. I, I must say it's nice to be back, although only in a public speaking capacity. Uh, I, I wish to make a short statement, which does include some questions around the approach set out in this meeting's papers, and the governance around the district's compilation and delivery of the local plan. Um, it's now been well over a year since the political party residents of Ratterswood were elected as the administration in that district. During this 12 months, little has been achieved in the way of plan progress. In fact, it's been a year filled with happy talk, limited detail, policy making on the hoof, and very little in the way of evidence-based and data-based decision-making. The local plan, having finally been withdrawn at the council meeting on the 30th of April, has changed by one sole metric, that an increased housing need will have to be baked into the new plan when it finally comes forward. I'm sure many would be interested to know the intended completion date of the new plan. The common understanding is that 2023 is the government's intended date, but I would welcome your view on this. Around timescales, a detailed project plan is mentioned. Having had 12 months lead-in, are, are we to assume that the opportunity to undertake large amounts of the detailed review necessary has already taken place? 
If not, residents can quite reasonably draw the conclusion that this time may have been wasted. With these new governance arrangements, featuring timelines which will, quote, need to be challenging, why does it appear that it won't be for a further six months until December 2020 before the structuring governance arrangements proposed will be placed under review? Having spent a number of years batting away constant residents' rustles with accusations of the previous administration holding private meetings on local plan matters, which never happened, I was surprised to see mention of private meetings appear again within the recommendation of this new governance arrangement structure. While some adjustment in the recommended structure of the local plan leadership group has been made after the initial guidance of the outside expertise of the EELGA peer review team, it still appears that it's the intention of the local plan leadership group to hold private sessions with no terms of reference as to what constitutes confidential information. Some clarity on this specific item would be welcomed. To many, this is not the openness and transparency prized and championed by the residents of Russell Party. Outside of commercial negotiations, both in districts and within the cross-boundary strategic infrastructure delivery group, it is the right for all to have a clear view of the process and any content, not to come away asking questions about murkiness. Otherwise, it's a case of promises made, promises broken. The formation of the new local plan scrutiny committee is an interesting precedent and has a role to play as long as it has a clear purpose and scope and doesn't present any unnecessary and additional layers of bureaucracy and delay. It also seems appropriate that the formation of this local plan scrutiny committee follows the accepted principles of scrutiny and is chaired by a member of the opposition. Please can this be confirmed. As we have seen in other key delivery areas, this administration shows that it's lacking the competencies needed to deliver upon the promises made to residents for them to get into power. It is my overriding fear that it will be us residents and our local areas paying the highest price for this latest attempt by residents for us to kick the can down the road once more. A lot is at stake, and we all know that delivering a local plan is not easy. Recent positive comments made by the government around planning and their declared interest in infrastructure gives us all cause for real optimism. I hope the opportunity to do your very best for the district and our residents is grasped. Uh, thank you. I, I have sent a copy of the statement through to Democratic Services and uh, obviously would welcome responses to the, uh, the questions raised in due course. But I, I do appreciate the time that you've afforded me to, uh, to, to make the statement to you this evening. Thank you very much indeed, Mr. Davis. Um, remarkably eloquent and uh, remarkably concise. Uh, Councillor Evans, Councillor Stora, would you care to respond to any of Mr. Davis's points? Uh, thank you, uh, Chairman. This is John Evans uh, speaking. Uh, Mr. Davis, thank you very much for your um, uh, input. And it was a, a very well uh, put uh, set of questions, uh, actually. Uh, and you will um, uh, be pleased to uh, hear that you will uh, receive a written response. Thank you. Um, perhaps um, I could just take issue uh, with you um, in relation to your comment uh, as to little having been accomplished uh, by us in the last 12 months since we were elected in relation to the local plan. I think you would actually accept that it's rather difficult, in fact, not appropriate uh, for work to have been undertaken in relation to revision of a local plan until such time as a final decision was taken, which, as you pointed out, was only taken on the 30th of April, uh, until a final decision was taken as to what was to become of that uh, local plan, which your administration, of course, uh, led um, and um, uh, rushed it through, if I might politely put it that way, uh, in the middle of January 2019, in order to um, 
um, uh, get under the wire so far as numbers were concerned. Um, but in, in relation to um, the scrutiny committee and so on, I'm sure that uh, the chair and uh, other members will be uh, pleased to uh, respond uh, to your um, inquiry and suggestions there. Uh, you did mention uh, something uh, in respect of competencies. Uh, I'm not sure whether that was something directed towards um, the officers or directed towards uh, cabinet members or perhaps directed towards uh, Councillor Stora uh, and me. Um, in relation to uh, Councillor Stora and I, we are cooperating as uh, portfolio holder and uh, deputy. Um, uh, you might not uh, be aware, but uh, we do have different uh, professional backgrounds. I'm actually a, um, I am, I'm a solicitor, albeit not in uh, uh, this particular planning uh, field. And Councillor Stora is himself a professional uh, planner. Uh, so um, I think that we do bring to uh, the exercise of uh, the local plan, which is a very challenging exercise, as you quite rightly pointed out. I think we do, as individuals at least, bring some uh, competences which um, perhaps will uh, end up being uh, of help uh, in, the, in the process. Uh, but perhaps I can just give you those brief um, uh, responses at this stage, but um, we will course be delighted to uh, reply in writing to your um, thank you, thank you. I, could I just clarify one uh, one point then um, my, my comment relates, relates to competency did not relate to officers or staff of UDC thank you thank you thank you very much indeed Mr Davis and thank Pleasure. you Councillor Evans Councillor Pavitt you you wish to speak good evening everybody have a, enjoy the meeting thank you uh, thank you, Chair. Uh, good evening, fellow members. Um, I'll keep myself uh, off video so you can listen rather than watch. Um, I, I just wanted to make a few observations about um, public consultation. Uh, I, I came into the local plan process as a member of the public, um, and I therefore have some knowledge about the average of the less. And I have really struggled to understand this document. Uh, so I wonder how the public is going to be placed in understanding what's going on. Something I learned a long time ago is that if I understand what you're saying, it's either too complex or you're a bad indicator. Um, I think that needs to be taken on board whenever producing documents in the future. Um, now, I appreciate that this is intended to lay out a governance structure rather than an operational timeline of credit management. However, people need to understand what comes first or it needs to. One of the criticisms of the last plan process was that it did not consult the community early enough or sufficiently. The term community was skewed towards landowners and developers. Um, they were consulted from the outset and in continuing detail, apparently, and town council seemed to be an afterthought. In, in, in effect, our communities. The people who live here were told where the housing was going to go and then asked what coloured curtains they would like to have. Um, that's unacceptable. That's unacceptable. It reacted to it reacted to a call for sites, it reacted to government's desire for garden communities. There was little done to harness the creative and proactive thinking from our communities themselves. Um, I don't see anything in these papers that reassures me this won't happen again. Um, 
just to pick up on what you made in the LGA consultants report with the 2.5, it's just public value can be created, for example, by getting communities in making a plan that is, that is evidence led, uh, put in infrastructure first before you own. I'm sorry, sorry. Yeah, I'm sorry to interject. Um, sorry, Richard, I, I, Councillor Pavitt, I can't, um, I can't hear you. It's very difficult to take the minutes under such circumstances. Um, it's in a bad connection. It, it, it does appear to be. Can everyone else hear that? For me, I, I can't hear, I'm afraid. It is very bad. So, really? um, for clarity, we can hear you very well. It is Councillor Pavitt, for some reason, has a distortion on the line. I'll back that up as well. Well, that's a pity, because I, I usually have a very good connection. Um, r rather than hold up um, this meeting, shall I let you ban what I'm saying, and you can circulate to the members? If you're happy to do so, Councillor Pavitt, that would be fine. OK, I'll do that. Thank you. Councillor... Councillor Storer, I see you've raised your hand. Um, presumably, to the extent you're able, is that to respond to Councillor Pavitt? No, it's not, Chair. It's to respond to Mr Davis, if I may. Forgive me, I was a little slow in putting my hand up there. Um, could, could we leave that to be undertaken in writing, as Councillor Evans suggests? Yes, absolutely fine. So, do you or Councillor Evans have any response to Councillor Pavitt? Uh, well, other than to say uh, thank you, and we always appreciate um, Councillor Pavitt's uh, in input, um, but just to reassure him that um, matters will be dealt with as transparently as possible. That is the name of the exercise uh, and fundamental to our uh, approach to this. Um, but again, um, we'd be pleased to um, reply to his um, uh, questions and uh, position uh, in writing. Thank you very much. Um, that concludes public speaking. Can we move now on to apologies for absence and declarations of interest? Ms Ferguson, are there any apologies? No apologies as such, Chair, but Councillor Sutton is standing in for Councillor Reeve, who's been promoted to Cabinet. And we're very grateful for, to Councillor Sutton for that. Does anybody have any uh, interests they wish to declare? I'm taking that as a no, so we can move on. Minutes of the previous meeting. Uh, minutes of the 21st of May. Are you content that they can, in due course, when circumstances permit, be signed as a true and fair record? I'm taking that as unanimous assent. Anybody wishing to disagree? OK, thank you very much indeed. Now, we were supposed to receive the minutes of the 16th of June meeting, but available at the current time. Um, I would remind everybody that democratic services are 1.5 FTE staff short, and uh, so these things unfortunately happen, bearing in mind the additional pressures on them from dealing with the current situation. They will be uh, circulated at the earliest possible opportunity and my apologies for that. Responses of the executive to reports of the committee. I'm not aware of any, Mr Ferguson, are you? I'm not either, Chair. Thank you very much indeed. Consideration of any matter referred to the committee in relation to call-in of a decision. 
Um, I'm not at all sure whether we need to pay attention to this item or not, because we did have a call-in meeting some weeks ago, which we're still waiting for circulation in the minutes, as I just said. To refresh everybody's memory, that was a call-in of the corporate plan de um, delivery plan, and the motion to refuse it and refer it back was overturned. That doesn't, of course, mean that there weren't significant concerns about the corporate plan delivery plan, but they are, however, uh, strongly mitigated by the fact that the council is trying very hard to deal with the circumstances surrounding the pandemic. And it's fair and appropriate that we receive a more detailed up to update when both circumstances and more particularly finances are available in September. So we will, as a committee, be expecting a very detailed and concerned revision and update on that at our meeting 25th of September. Are members content that that deals with that item? I'm taking that as a cent as well. Thank you very much. Yeah. Chair? I'm just wondering whether or not it would be helpful to have a call-in protocol. I'm quite willing to share with yourself and members of the committee a protocol from another local authority, which I think is good and which we may want to, to adapt Obviously, like you, I hope there aren't too many call-ins and they'd be relatively rare. And But call-ins, by the very nature of it, can be contentious. And I'm quite willing to send it to you, the protocol, and perhaps we can have a look at it at a subsequent meeting. Uh, I think that idea has merit. Um, I presume such matters would have to go to GAP. Am I correct, Mr Ferguson? Yes, I think you are, Chair. It's uh, part of the governance, so yes. So please do circulate those, uh, Councillor Sell, and then we'll forward them up to GAP um, with our views and uh, suggestions. But I think that might be a very, very helpful uh, addition to the workings of the committee. Thank you. May I now move on from that item? Yep, I'm taking that as a cent again. Cabinet forward plan. Um, having read the document, the two key issues arising, apart from the issues that come to Cabinet this week, would appear to be the budget outturns of the 1st of September and the budget strategy of the 14th of October. Uh, both of those tie relatively neatly in with the corporate plan development plan update. Uh, do members have other issues they consider we need to raise and consider? I'm taking that as no. Thank you very much indeed. Sorry, Chair. Sorry, Chair. Yeah. Hand up. Sorry, sorry, have you got a hand up, Councillor Dean? My apologies. I didn't see. You need an enlarged blue hand panel, I think. Mr. I think you're right. <laughs> sorry, Councillor Dean, do go ahead. There are two, two questions that I'd like to ask on this. One is whether this committee will be uh, doing what it didn't do last autumn in total at least, and that is to uh, do work in advance of the um, the budget coming. And secondly, I notice on, I, oh, sorry, I say I don't notice on 
this uh, chart of the work program for the cabinet where the uh, long expected finished version of the um, corporate plan delivery plan is it's not mentioned so I, I'd like to know whether that should be on there and, and the, the matter is in hand. Um, I'll ask the leader to um, comment on those two items, but I think my observations will be that we'll be doing a great deal of work on it, bearing in mind projected deficit as it currently exists and the fact that by that time we may have some clarity as to what the government responses to that will be and how we have to deal with it. So I think it's uh, most probable that that will happen, as indeed will that focus attention on the corporate plan delivery plan. But, you know, we live in conditions of what can only be described as systemic uncertainty at the moment. So one hopes for greater clarity by September, and we certainly will be scrutinising these matters rigorously. But um, it's somewhat out with our control as to the validity of the information we receive. Leader, would you wish to comment? Uh, I, I think uh, I could actually endorse what you said. We're in uncertain times. We're waiting for uh, further information, and um, it's a very dynamic process. We will come to scrutiny just as soon as we are able to. Do you wish to come back on that, Councillor Dean? Well, only to say, will there be an item at some date, probably in October, for a complete corporate plan delivery plan? It, there isn't one at the moment. Uh, I was rather hoping we'd have something very, very substantial to discuss in our meeting on the 25th of September, and I would be exceedingly disappointed if we didn't. Maybe. I endorse that as well. Councillor Sell, then Chief Executive. I'd just like to reiterate the point about the budget next year. It was the convention, in the, certainly in the past, that the portfolio holder for finance would come before scrutiny for the presentation, before the presentation of the budget to council, and we would have an opportunity to ask questions. So I would like to think that we as scrutiny will have the opportunity of asking questions to Councillor Hargreaves. Um, I don't doubt that we will. If you recall, Councillor Sell, we tried to have a slightly more engaged and holistic approach by wrapping up consideration of the budget, the one-year forecast, with a medium-term financial strategy and with the corporate plan. So I would hope that we would go through that process again, looking at all three, bearing in mind current circumstances. But yes, I would um, agree with your uh, requirement for uh, a deep focus on the budget and the attendance in due course of the portfolio holder for finance. Yep. Chief Executive. Chief Executive. Yeah, thank you, Chair. So um, uh, I can confirm that I um, planned out the process for bringing the revised corporate plan, delivery plan to cabinet on the 14th of October just before I went on leave and that uh, that does indeed include of course uh, bringing it to scrutiny on the 20 I have it as the 24th but apologies if it's the 25th of September um, noting that the agenda publication is no later than the 16th of September so um, subject to progress over the summer nothing untoward uh, diverting resources um, I expect that you will see see that uh, that uh, the executive will bring that to you 
uh, scrutiny in September. Uh, as regards the budget, obviously members will be aware that there was an announcement regarding the finances last week to which Mr Webb uh, uh, communicated to everybody. We are awaiting the distribution of uh, details of the 500 million and of course that there are further announcements expected in the comprehensive spending review uh, on Wednesday. Uh, that might then enable us to see what the um, direction of travel is as far as preparing next year's budget and I'm sure uh, we'll be back in touch immediately uh, what that plan might look like um, hopefully not involving our settlement arriving on Christmas Eve as is the Christmas tradition. <laughs> yes, indeed. Thank you very much indeed, Chief Executive. Um, are members content that we can move on from that item? Good, I'm not seeing any hands up. Task and finish group, fly parking. Uh, Mr Glenday, are you introducing this item? Yes, thank you, Chair. I'll just be, I'll be very brief. Um, as you know, the last couple of scrutiny panel, uh, scrutiny committees... And we had the item on fly parking. The task and finish group had a series of tasks that they were looking to fulfil, but unfortunately, due to the COVID-19 situation, it's not been possible to do that, <coughs> excuse me, for practical reasons in that the airport has, to a large extent, closed down. There's not been much action in terms of passenger transport or workers going there. So the issue has, in effect, gone away. Um, but that's not to say that the task and finish group doesn't want to continue with this piece of work once things start to pick up again at the airport. <clears throat> so um, the idea is to pause this piece of work at the minute um, and keep the situation under review. And once, obviously, air traffic starts uh, you know, escalating again, keep a close eye on it. There is a, there's a potential concern that um, whilst Stansted was quite, you know, one of the best in the country in terms of its public transport, usage to access the airport, um, potential fears over COVID-19 might mean that more people will look to drive to the airport and that could have an issue, an impact on the blind parking situation, but that's obviously speculation at this stage. So the idea is we'll pause the work programme for now and uh, review that again periodically until the, um, the, the levels of parking start to go. Thank you, Chair. Thank you very much indeed. Um, do members have any questions or comments? Uh, my hand is up, Chair. It is indeed, Councillor Driscoll. Uh, it's, it's just to add on um, a bit of information that hasn't got as far as Gordon yet. Although, yes, we have paused the task group because of the current situation. I'd actually put out some feelers before this to different airports. And um, Southend Airport have actually come back to me in the last couple of weeks saying that they don't have a big problem, but it has been dealt with by TROs. Thank you, Councillor Driscoll. Any other comments or questions? Um, I have one, Mr Glenday. I always worry when items are deferred sine die. Um, I would be much happier if we had a date when this would come back and when it would have been reconsidered. I realise you might want to put that quite a long way in the future, but there needs to be some mechanism whereby it is retrieved from the long grass rather than just left there. Um, yeah, Chair, well, we're, I mean, I suggest maybe in three months' time, I can't see the situation changing dramatically in the next three months. So perhaps we can keep it under review and look to 
maybe September, October, if that's agreeable to other members. If you could bring a very, very brief report to the 20th yeah. September meeting, just as to what progress has, has not or might be made, and then perhaps some more substantive reports to a later meeting. But I, I wouldn't want this to go to be forgotten about. Yeah, no, that's fine. Okay, thank you very much indeed. We move on then really to one of the three major items on the agenda. Uh, the East of England Local Government Association Phase 2 Local Plan Support. What I'm going to do on this is invite councillors Storer and Evans to introduce the items. And then as we trialled last year, I've asked councillors Chrissione and Coote to be what one loosely describes as lead members to open the discussion. Everybody will, of course, get an opportunity to speak and if time permits, speak more than once. But um, the role of councillors Coote and Chrissione is to focus us on the relevant and particularly important issues. So, Councillor Storer, Councillor Evans, uh, the floor is yours. Uh, thank you, uh, <coughs> Chairman, uh, and thank you, members of the uh, committee also, for uh, allowing us to come and um, speak to you this evening. Um, and in particular, perhaps I could also thank you uh, for allowing us a little more time to uh, have the uh, detailed paper in relation to governance uh, put before you. Um, we were, I think, uh, one day uh, over time, as it were, in relation to the delivery of that, which was delivered last uh, Monday a week ago. Uh, I'm not intending uh, to speak at great length in relation to these two papers, uh, one uh, of which the author, uh, in respect to which the author was um, uh, uh, our chief executive and the other one was, uh, the author is um, Mr. Glenday. Uh, the reason for that being that I feel that it's important to use our time more rather than listening to uh, me and Councillor Storer at length, but to make ourselves available uh, to be questioned and to listen to your concerns and provide us with uh, the input, which I'm sure you will uh, be able to uh, provide. Um, but perhaps I could just pick up on something which uh, Mr. Davis earlier uh, remarked upon in relation to competencies. Uh, Councillor Storer and I uh, have um, uh, been able, we feel, uh, to begin our work um, in relation to the local plan in, an, in a collaborative uh, fashion, uh, utilising, I think, uh, our respective professional backgrounds. That's not, of course, to substitute in any way um, our hopefully commonsensical approach uh, and uh, the normal approach that um, uh, every other member of council would, would apply. But I think it might be of use to us anyway to have some professional background which we can uh, bring to play. Uh, so, Councillor Storer will certainly um, uh, want to speak at greater length in relation, for example, to the um, structure of the various bodies which are proposed uh, in, the, um, in the Wise Men's report. I have referred to the Wise Men in other, um, in other contexts, uh, but uh, we know that um, their input is being provided to us uh, on an independent uh, basis. Uh, we think it's very valuable. Uh, they each come to uh, address these issues on our behalf uh, from 
um, positions of considerable experience, uh, and they have made themselves available uh, to Councillor Stora and me uh, on a direct basis uh, without um, the involvement um, in those discussions always of our officers. Uh, we have been able to access them, uh, and indeed um, we've, we've been able to Zoom uh, with them for uh, um, more than uh, uh, one and a half hours the other day, which led to uh, the paper which they have assembled. So I think it is reasonable to uh, call them uh, a talent bank. Uh, they're not simply providing us with uh, structured advice, which is um, uh, pulled off the shelf and simply Uttlesford's name substituted for the name of any other local planning authority to whom they might have given advice in the past. Having said that, I think it is appropriate to say that the uh, structure as to governance which they have described uh, is not a template document. It is a bespoke arrangement in terms of structure that they have come up with. Uh, we uh, have, Councillor Stora and I, uh, debated at length with them uh, recommendations which they've made in relation particularly to the size uh, of the leadership uh, group uh, and uh, its function and indeed uh, the recommendation which they have made to the effect that that body perhaps should primarily sit uh, in uh, private rather than in public. Those two matters are points as to which Councillor Stora and I have dissented. Uh, we feel uh, consistent with uh, the mandate granted to this administration. We believe that uh, greater participation, greater uh, involvement of community and greater transparency is what we were elected to bring to the residents of Uttlesford. Uh, and we feel that to have a leadership group uh, composed of a limited number of individuals is not uh, ideal and is not consistent with, uh, with our mandate. Uh, we have in the paper uh, anticipated that that group might uh, be uh, around 15 persons. Uh, on reflection, that number probably will be um, reduced in uh, number uh, and possibly it might come out at around the 11 to 12 um, person mark depending on uh, political composition and balance. Uh, as to the makeup of that group, Councillor Stora uh, will chair the leadership group. I will not uh, formally sit on that uh, group uh, the reason being... Can I interrupt you for a second? Um, we're talking about the uh, work of the uh, two wise men, the ILGA peer review team. Um, if, we, if you want to talk about the actual substance of the uh, governance arrangements, can we leave that until item 8, please? Uh, sorry, I've jumped... I, I apologise. Uh, I've jumped ahead of myself uh, in that respect, so I hope I've not... Um, uh, I hope I won't repeat myself. Um, but in, in relation to the um, part one of the of the work, um, some of us, I think, were a little bit uh, dis disappointed and frustrated that this paper was delayed in its um, delivery to us. Uh, there seems to have been 
uh, delay in the administration at the East of England Local Government Association in releasing uh, the paper uh, to us. Uh, some uh, members might have thought that there was some sinister uh, reason or uh, motivation behind that, but having um, discussed it with the chief executive, um, we're satisfied that there is no reason for that to be um, uh, supposed to be correct. Uh, the paper contains a very detailed uh, set of um, uh, um, projects uh, and timetables. Uh, and I think one of the very important um, things which I'd like to bring to your attention uh, is the uh, intention of uh, the um, advisors uh, to hold a, a workshop for our collective benefit. Um, and that is something which we will be planning to bring forward uh, as soon as practicable. I think uh, it is universally the view that the workshop which was held at the very beginning of this uh, year was an extremely useful um, meeting. Uh, the two individuals um, provided us with some very good food for thought. Um, but interestingly, the uh, questionnaire which was circulated by them afterwards um, was only responded to by 23 of us, actually, which surprised, which surprised me um, on inquiry as to the degree to which uh, there had been commitment. So perhaps I could perhaps um, just say that when we have a workshop uh, next, um, uh, we might um, encourage each other to uh, provide them with the kind of responses that uh, merit um, their attendance and um, support uh, to us. Uh, the timetable um, is uh, already being uh, worked uh, upon. Uh, and discussions have already taken place between um, the wise men uh, and some of our officers and work is being um, undertaken currently uh, in relation to the beginning of drafting of a statement of community uh, involvement, um, which uh, is described in the paper. Um, one thing which will be very um, essential is our project uh, plan uh, and uh, I think it's probably appropriate for us to take um, the end date and work backwards so that if, for example, we are taking December 2023 uh, as a date that we should be uh, aiming at um, uh, completion of our work, uh, we should be planning our um, vital uh, elements leading into the plan uh, to fit uh, that end timetable, that end date. Uh, rather than allowing um, a plan to be uh, created uh, and uh, dates um, slotted in on an ad hoc basis. The timetable is going to be extremely uh, tight, but rather um, paradoxically, um, it might amuse um, or not um, the committee to know or to learn that the uh, department uh, um, in its 2nd of July um, spreadsheet setting out the position uh, as the local plans of all of the local uh, planning authorities, actually still has us down as um, Uttlesford um, with a plan uh, submitted in January 2019. So they haven't quite got their act together yet in updating that to reflect the fact that our plan was withdrawn. So rather, rather uh, odd um, um, document to uh, have released last week. Uh, so um, discussions will take place, um, inquiries made, by the wise men um, of us as members and certainly of uh, officers. 
Uh, and I think that that's probably as much as I need say at the moment. And I'll leave Councillor Storer perhaps to add to that as he would like. Councillor Storer. Chair, thank you, but I've nothing to add on this particular item. I'll speak, uh, I'll follow on what Councillor Evans said with regard to the next item, if I may, when the time comes. Thank you very much indeed. Uh, I throw the item open to the floor and I see Councillor Dean has his hand up already. Councillor Dean. Yes, thank you, Chairman. I, I, was, I was very interested to hear Councillor Evans' reference to work a workshop or workshops to be organized as soon as possible. Looking at the docu the first document, the one that came out initially, um, on page 19, <clears throat> it refers to work package two called headed local plan making. And in there, it's uh, 3.2 talks about phase one to engage all members and senior plan officers to develop their understanding of a, a list of about four points, one of which is um, governance arrangements. And um, and the, the, the timing for that is the 29th of uh, June starting, which is over a week ago, through to the 31st of July. So. My initial, I've, I've got quite a number of points and I'm not going to raise them all now, but my, my first point is that, that this process hasn't yet begun to take us through the whole of the process and what essentially the council in total is there to achieve. And yet we're, we're already, or we're going to be shortly, talking about the governance arrangements, but we, we, we don't yet know what it is in detail or haven't thought through in detail what what it is that we're supposed to be governing. So I, I'd, I'd like to put that question to Councillor Evans in terms of the the initial timing of this and the, the education and bringing everybody up to speed before we start making decisions. Does he have any views on that? Um, perhaps we could um, ask Councillor Evans to take note of these and answer them fully towards the end of members' contributions, please, Councillor Evans. So if there are uh, further points you wish to make, Councillor Dean. You'd like, you'd like me to take it further? Well, fine. Oh. Yes, yes, I, I'll, I'll do that. One of, my, one of my concerns is the suggestion of a, a local plan leadership group. Now, the way, the way I read that was that this is a, a, a group of people members who would work alongside um, officers, look at the evidence in detail, and therefore I'm sort of imagining that it's going to be a fairly intensive exercise, um, and bring forward, as, as has always been the case in the past, that, um, that officers have brought forward proposals to the Planning Policy Working Group, which I think is turning it, in this case, into... Um, uh, my, my apologies, Alan, sorry. That's um, the next item. Yeah. Pardon? This is surely the next item. Well, I was just going to say to Ben, I'm trying to send you a chat. A member of the public have just said they can't hear us. The audio system has gone down. Sorry, Alan, for interrupting. Just on that point, Chairman, sorry, 
is what Councillor Dean's talking about is relating to the next item. Yeah, I mean the two are intertwined, so it doesn't matter. I don't mind my I don't mind my new raise it, I'm quite happy to come back to it. If, if you would please. Um Mr. Ferguson, where are we with the broadcast, please? It, it's loud and clear for me here on my headphones, Chair, so um, it, I'm afraid it's a local issue. OK. Well we'll, well, we'll carry on until we get confirmation that there may or may not be a uh, problem with the broadcast. Uh, please carry on, Councillor Dean, but if you could restrict your comments at the moment to item 7 rather than conflating it with item 8. Do you think, Mr. Chairman, that the two are separate? I mean, one one is the introductory one, and then the the governance paper gets down to a, a di another level of detail. Um, I think they are separate because one is what we've asked uh, the East of England Local Government Association to do and how they intend to do it, and the second one is how we will organise ourselves. So I think there's quite a distinct difference between them, but I would re defer to councillors Crisioni and Coote for their uh, wisdom on these matters. Well, well, I'd certainly be happy to hear fellow colleagues, but to me, the, the, this, this tells us, one, where the LGA are coming from, and, then, and, then, and, the, and it identifies differences of opinion between the council uh, and the LGA. This is an interesting conversation, one that probably isn't adding a huge amount of value, bearing in mind what a big agenda we have and how many people wish to speak. So if you would limit your observations to item seven at this time, then you can come back on item eight later. Well, I'll hand over to other officers, uh, other members, whilst I look at the rest of that document. OK, thank you. Councillors Crisioni and Coote, would you care to... Uh, Guide us in, on your views on uh, Agenda 7, please. Yes, I, I, I can do, Chair, but uh, to be truthful, I'm going to be a bit like uh, Councillor Dean and I will give an overall view on both uh, 7 and 8. OK. Councillor Crisioni? Yeah, I, sorry if it's just me. Um, I didn't see the, the two documents that way. I saw them as uh, di different bits of work, albeit about the same issue. Um, to be honest, I haven't a lot on the first document other than to ask more specifically, as Councillor Dean's alluded to, about the timelines that are stated in the in the document. Obviously, uh, Councillor Evans, you've already accepted the offer for the, for the initiation document and that work stream to take place. Um, could, you, could you update us on the latest uh, timelines that we see on, I'm just trying to find it, uh, that we see on page, can't find it now, I knew that had happened, page number four of the note. So approach and timetable. So I'm assuming that the review initiation has already happened. We've asked them to do that, that's you accepting the offer. But then can you update us on whether the local plan project initiation document has been completed? So that's got a deadline of the 3rd of July. Um, and how far we are into the work WP2 um, and WP3. I hope that makes sense. No, thank, thank you, uh, Councillor Christiani. Um, I, I have actually checked with the um, policy uh, team, with the officers in the policy uh, uh, department, uh, and they have been working on this. Uh, I haven't yet seen the uh, draft of the uh, project initiation document. 
uh, but uh, that will be, uh, I think, available this week. Uh, and I can uh, come back as to a date when I think it will be possible for us all to be offered a workshop, um, I hope, in the third or the fourth week of this month. Uh, just to be quite clear, Councillor Evans, um, you appear to be stating that we're behind this timetable already. Is that the case? Uh, yes, we have not um, uh, got a document which we can put um, to bed as a final document before the 3rd of July in way of a project initiation document. Um, when, when do you hope to be able to uh, circulate that document and in respect of work package two, is that going to require revision as to uh, deadlines and timetables? Uh, I think it, I think it will. In terms of making this um, material available, I think it will be available before uh, the end of the month um, in in a form to be circulated. Um, before um, before it might be thought that um, we we're already allowing uh, slippage. Um, all I can say is that um, we will we will have a, a project plan and we will have dates uh, inserted into it. Uh, we will have the equivalent of a Gantt chart or uh, whatever, uh, and it will be uh, a matter of uh, great um, importance to make sure that those dates are stuck to. Uh, and in, indeed, as you'll see um, when we later on when we talk about terms of reference, uh, I would like really to see terms of reference as amounting not just to a reference point for the various bodies, but also adherence, so that uh, whoever is actually sponsoring a particular project, who actually is attending, being a member of a particular group, uh, undertakes to adhere to the kind of timetables that we will be looking to achieve. So, um, yes, timetable is uh, going to be essential here if we're going to be um, uh, effective in uh, getting to the 2023 um, critical dates. Can I follow up on that, if that's okay, Chair? Okay. Um, well, I, I absolutely agree. Um, I, I generally think that, you know, if, if we're slipping now, it makes me concerned that the year is ending too soon. And by the time we get to 2021, we've only got two years uh, to make the government happy on uh, deadlines. So that, that concerns me. I mean, it concerned me before that we are committing to 2023 date. I guess we have to do that. But... We, we just need to make sure that we are you know, ready and pushing on all the buttons to, to reach deadlines when we can, because the government will intervene. There's no doubt about it. Um, and that scares me. I think it should scare all of us as councillors looking to do what's best for our area. Um, so, you know, I, I won't labour the point too much, but it would be good to, to see that initiation document so we know what's ahead of us, really. Um, Chair, that's the only... Point I really have on this uh, on this item. Thank you very much indeed, Councillor Jones. Thank you, Chair. It was concerning the timelines as well, but I, I, because it actually hasn't been answered, I was going to ask the question. Um, obviously, the timelines were based on the report coming out in a timely fashion, and I can see the the report of the the local plan peer review was dated the fifteenth six twenty. Now, was the report received then? And, and, and the question I really have is, is the slippage due to the fact the report was delayed and therefore the timetable of producing the various documents the report talks about is also delayed because of that? Um, the second question is to uh, 
really is, is just a clarification. I believe it's the end of uh, 2023 that the local plan should have been created for. Um, just want that to, to clarify, and that was all. Councillor Evans, your comments? Sorry, um, just uh, um, unmuting myself. Um, yes, uh, Councillor Jones, uh, there was a bit of delay in uh, the material coming out from the East of England um, LGA, um, but um, uh, there, is a, there was an explanation for that and it seemed to have been an administrative matter and there was some finalisation going on as to the fee level that was to be charged. So there was a bit of slippage there, I think. Um, but yes, you're right about the date as well. It is the end of 23. Thank you. Councillor Dean. May I just clarify dates, Chairman, because somewhere in the documentation, and I can't remember which document it's in, there is reference to adoption of the new local plan in 2024. I can't remember whether it says end of 2024. Um, is, are we therefore expecting a plan which says submission before the end of 2023, leaving the adoption to be sometime in 2024, which in the case of the last one was, uh, well, it wasn't adopted, but uh, when it was dumped uh, was um, over 12 months after uh, the submission. I'd just like to get clear in my mind what, what the reference of 2024 is about. Councillor Evans. Yes, perhaps Councillor Storer um, can speak to the uh, timetable, but you're, you are correct, uh, Councillor Dean, in uh, identifying the amount of time that uh, <clears throat> elapses um, typically uh, between the date that it's submitted and the date that it's examined and therefore uh, ultimately made, allowing for any comments made by the inspectors and major modifications and so on. So um, these dates are um, certainly... Um, um, they're not written stone um, because, um, well, we saw that ourselves last year. But perhaps Councillor Stora can fill in the uh, precise dates. Councillor Stora. Thank you, Chair. Uh, the, at the moment, the target date for adoption of the plan is December 2023. That, I believe, is as specified by the government. Uh, but there is a reference in um, in one of the reports to... A plan may or could take four years, which is true. In my experience, the average time to produce a local plan is, I hate to say, five years. But we can beat that. We will beat that. But the one point I would like to make, and it's the reason I put my, my, hand, my hand up, Chair, is this. We are at the moment, I think, at the most important part in the preparation of the plan, which is determining how we are going to set about it. Yes, there's been a bit of an issue with the timetable. We're a little slow on some things for whatever reason, but likewise, with regard to the timetable that's been set, uh, with governance to be addressed in the week commencing, I think the 29th of June, well, in actual fact, that date was the date in which the, the report was submitted to scrutiny committee. So that's not bad in that respect, but it's just the way that things have worked out. But now we have to get organised, we have to be clear in our minds as to the direction we're going in. And after that, we will do whatever we can and try to adhere to the timetable as much as we possibly can. And if we slip, 
and in my experience, all local plants do, I hate to say that, but it's true, then try and recover any time which is lost. That would be the target. Thank you. May I just come back just to clarify this, because uh, I just heard Miss Councillor Stora say that adoption is aimed for December 2023. That means that uh, the whole thing needs to be finished at the beginning, at the latest of 2023, which is not much over two years ago, away. Um, could I just ask perhaps Mr Glenday just to clarify his understanding of the likely timetable, because I... You know, I've, I've seen the figure of four years and um, I'm puzzled. Yeah, thank you, Chair. Um, you're, you're right, obviously, the, the government's target is to have a plan in place by the end of 2023. Um, we are still finalising the draft local development scheme, which will set out the, the detailed work programme. But I think it's highly unlikely that we will actually be able to have an adopted plan by the end of 2023. I think... What we'll be looking to do is to keep in continuous um, dialogue with government to give them the reassurance that we are progressing the plan. And hopefully we will at least be at submission stroke uh, public hearing stage by 2023. I think even with a fair wind, it's going to be a real challenge. It's not impossible, um, but it, it would take a real effort to get an adopted plan in place because... You are obviously relying on other issues as well in terms of you know inspectors, length of inquiry. We can't we can't always gauge that exactly within it. But I think our objective, a realistic objective, would be to work closely with the government, given the reassurance that we are that we're moving forward to plan at pace and have an adopt uh, sorry, have a submitted plan by early mid twenty twenty. Thank you, Mr. Glendate. Very kind. Um, I did say I'd take a brief recess at 5.2, but I think we probably prudent to uh, finish this item and then we'll take a brief recess. So, Councillor Sell. Yes, thank you, Chair. I think Mr. Glendate's comments were very helpful uh, as to timelines. My impression, and he may confirm this or not, is that there are a lot of local authorities that are in the same position as ourselves who haven't got an adopted local plan and always take the view that there's a bit safety in numbers. So it does require that constant dialogue. I'm not sure whether this is the appropriate time, but I would like to find out tonight whether, in the view of Councillor Evans and the officers, whether, in view of the tight timescales, they think they've got sufficient resources to, de to deliver in 2023. Thank you. Councillor Evans, Mr Glendale, Councillor Storer, it's a very good question. Uh, <clears throat> indeed, it is a very um, um, uh, appropriate question and indeed we will be looking to take advice from uh, our uh, advisors as to how matters are structured uh, and of course we wish to um, secure the very best um, uh, cooperation um, from the officers and indeed provide whatever input from us as members uh, is required by the officers. Um, so I think it's um, perhaps a question that I'd um, wish to come back to um, at a, a further scrutiny meeting um, in, the, uh, in the autumn, if I may. I think we can guarantee you that Councillor Sell will have taken note of that reply and will raise it in the autumn. Can we not, Councillor Sell? 
fundamental, isn't it? Indeed, indeed. Councillor Coote. Yeah, thank you, Chair. I, I've listened very carefully and I've decided that uh, the piece that I um, prepared to talk about does cover both, so I apologise for your interpretation of them being taken separately, but I, I feel I must uh, have my little uh, piece that you asked me to do, so I'll do it now. Thank you. Uh, thanks for the presentation, uh, Councillor Evans, and obviously I know that Councillor Storers will be uh, just as uh, good as well. I'd like to thank and congratulate the administration and the officers on coming to a decision to seek pre-scrutiny. I think that is a very good starting point for any council lead work. Um, in my opinion, it's the best way. I'd like to just give a few words of explanation before asking some questions and making some observations. I'll be trying to be helpful to the administration and the council and the officers in what I ask and in what I think. I'd like to see either amended or added or changed or explained, it will be, in my view, questions. They will not be criticisms, so please don't be uh, a bit frightened by what I've got to say. This is how I personally see pre-scrutiny working at its best. I hope my contribution doesn't come over as purely critical. It's not meant to. I, like many other members, I'm sure, who are around and listening and here, just want to help, prepare and adopt the best possible local plan and certainly this is about governance. I believe that any model that we adopt and governance should have the following. It should be shared political and officer leadership and accountability. Stakeholder engagements is embedded across the delivery structure. Good practice and lessons learned from the previous local plan are transparent. They're identified and addressed. All parties are recognised within both the shaping and the decision-making process. There is transparency at all levels of governance, structure and decision-making process. On all bodies, uh, I believe there should be shared political executive leadership. So one of my uh, faults with the present uh, document is that uh, obviously the chief executive sits on her own. In my view, there should be the council leader there. It should be shared. There should be organisational leadership. There should be community leadership. There should be stakeholder leadership. It is vital and important to all parties engaged within this structure to understand they hold a leadership role and their involvement with the boards, bodies, groups is in a leadership capacity. It's vital that the political decision-making is not divorced from the officer leadership and the decision-making process. The, the boards must ensure that political leadership is interwoven into the development process rather than being a mere political sign-off process, as I believe it has been before. And one of my uh, sticking points that we will obviously talk about, and uh, a couple of colleagues have already, is there should be no meetings behind closed doors, none whatsoever. Thank you. Thank you very much indeed, Councillor Coote. Uh, Councillor Evans, Councillor Storer, any comments you wish to make on that? Uh, well, I, I certainly um, uh, endorse entirely um, Councillor Coote's um, observations in relation to uh, the function and um, assistance, um, uh, positive assistance um, provided by uh, by this uh, committee. Um, so far as the other um, very 
wise, if I might say so, observations are concerned. Um, I don't uh, dissent from them at all in relation to uh, embedded democracy and transparency and um, indeed leadership. And I think it's a very good thing that that body is actually called a leadership, uh, the, the body that we're, we'll be focusing upon perhaps this evening, uh, that it is actually tagged leadership group. Uh, and we, of course, collectively indeed do have obligations uh, to our residents and mutually to each other uh, to be uh, leaders uh, and um, avoid acting in any kind of partisan uh, way. Um, I think that, that is something which um, we're all in agreement upon. And indeed, I did have an email from Councillor Dean uh, last week where um, he mentioned that very point that um, each of us um, is uh, here to represent all of our residents and not merely the residents in our individual wards. Um, so far as meetings behind closed doors are concerned, uh, that is um, one thing where, as I said earlier, um, there has been <coughs> a dissenting opinion, as it were, held by Councillor Stora and me, and uh, that is consistent uh, with the mandate which we obtained uh, a year ago. Uh, as to the suggestion of a shared political leadership um, with our chief executive, um, uh, I uh, hear what Councillor Coote uh, says and uh, thank him for that um, suggestion. Um, and no doubt <coughs> further consideration will be given to uh, that thought as uh, all the other thoughts uh, this evening, which we're uh, garnering. But thank you for that, Councillor Coote. Councillor Storer, anything to add? Yes, please, Chair, if I may. Thank you. Uh, only relating to the, um, the reference to meetings behind closed doors. Councillor Evans asked me some months ago, how would you hold a meeting like that? And I said, behind closed doors, basically. Because in such meetings, it allows members to think the unthinkable, to ask the questions that you wouldn't dare to ask if members of the press were present or Mrs. Jones from around the corner, because it was just asking a question, which is, well, why can't we do that? And so on. There is a role for that place without it be without haze being set running and things being all over the press when there's, there's no particular need. Likewise, with regard to giving too much information to prospective developers, that is also an issue. And in certain instances, any such discussions which may give such information away would, in my opinion, be uh, better behind closed doors. But the the remit, one of the remits of this um, authority is to be open and transparent. And so, to my mind, it's only fair and reasonable, sensible to me for such meetings to be held in public as far as possible. But on occasion, not so. How Quite how that works, whether there's part ones, part two or separate meetings, I don't know. But I would welcome meetings being public generally, but on occasion, no, would be my preference. Thank you, Chair. Thank you. Um, I've got four people waiting to speak, five people waiting to speak, two of whom haven't spoken before. So, Chief Executive. Uh, Thank you, Chair. Um, I just wanted to, uh, relating to item seven and the discussion that's um, followed around the um, government's uh, 
proposal to set the deadline for December 23. Um, I think it's important that we follow a process where we agree a PID, which sets out what we're seeking to achieve, and then bring forward the local development scheme, which will set out the project plan and the timelines and see where that gets us to as regards December 23. I think, as uh, Mr Glendale has said, we think that that is um, truly challenging to the point where I think we risk making an unplanned sound just to get to that point. So I think the important thing is that we maintain our focus as being a sound plan in a positively made and efficient manner. And, of course, having... Uh, conversations with the ministry so that they are absolutely clear uh, that we are going as quickly as they could. The test of intervention is can another team step into our shoes and progress the matter quicker? Now, of course, if we were, you know, if we were being lazy or if we were being, um, you know, difficult and we were taking, uh, you know, ridiculous amounts of time, then they might say, a, a, an intervention team can do it quicker. But I think if we're planning positively and moving at pace and demonstrating that that's what we're doing and keeping them informed, which is a role that we have suggested this committee may want to take on, then um, I think uh, we, uh, we have a good argument for avoiding intervention. But the key relating to item seven is I think also by having external independent advisors of such experience as the two consultants that we are engaging from the talent bank will also put us in good stead because it's demonstrating that we are seeking external assistance to help guide us to getting to a sound plan. So I want to try and reassure members we are clear that intervention is a risk, but we do think that a proper set out approach, you know, starting with the PID and working forward, of course, working back from the December 23 to see how close, but um, we we must allow ourselves the proper time to make a sound plan. And I think by having um, the services of our two um, consultants through the Talent Bank on board will also help us both to argue that case to government, but also keep challenging us to make sure we are moving forward at an appropriate positive pace. Thank you, Chief Executive. Councillor, uh, Councillor Evans, Councillor Storr, any observations? Chair, I'd like to welcome the Chief Executive's views. Thank you. Very much indeed. Refreshingly brief. Um, Councillor LeCount. My chance, my long loss. Good evening, everybody. Um, my one is very quick. Um, I totally concur with the fact is that this working or the leadership group should actually have probably part one and part two on occasion. Not all the time, but on occasion, it should be part one and part two. Because we've got to remember that in actual fact, we'll be talking later about how we're going to deal with this and what developers may get involved with. And if we start letting everybody know exactly what we're doing, then we have people that are going to make hay on, 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 on our decisions. So I do believe there's a good view for part one, part two, but I'm totally happy with open transparency. Thank you. 
Thank you, Councillor the Count. Uh, Councillor Dean, Councillor Sell, you both wish to speak again. Please feel free to do so. Councillor Dean first, but um, I'd ask for a focus on brevity, please. Well, it's to pick up um, what really is governance. So we seem to be on to the second paper because we've been talking about um, trans transparency, openness, etc. Let me let me um, let me step back. I don't know. It must be about six years ago, but I'm, I haven't checked. When there was um, an incident where we had um, a group of members that met um, in in public, and and they were helping to steer the previous local plan, and it was probably the one that hit the decks in 2014. I'm not certain. Um, and and. They worked with officers uh, and brought forward um, proposals. Now, there was one occasion where a select number of those members met with officers behind closed doors. And that, and that was the event which caused a reaction because the rest didn't know what was going on. And I think that's, that's the thing that is most important, that we all trust each other, whatever job each of us ends up with, we, we end up trusting each other that we're carrying out a particular part of the process. That's got, that's got to be key to all of this. I, officers work behind closed doors, collecting evidence, putting it together, bouncing ideas around, talking about this site versus that site, the ins and outs of it and so on. They do that all the time. My understanding is that what is what is proposed is in with this leadership group is is that members that some members and people that we put our trust in work along with officers to bring forward ideas and it's it's my view that they should be, that they're not making decisions they're just bringing forward ideas and I see no reason why, and it seems very sensible to me, and the papers actually spell out the reasons why, that, that they should have those discussions behind closed doors because there is, a, there is a lot of information about confidentiality, stuff that gets would get uh, landowners and developers very excited if they knew that, they were, that either people were promoting a particular site or, for that matter, speaking it, talking it down. Um, and, and I think there's a massive danger in having a, um, a, a committee, because that's what's being talked about, that meets in public, but, but then keeps going into private session. The public will say what they're up to today. So, so I, think, I do think that this needs to be thought through very carefully. The, the scrutiny process, which is really equivalent to the old planning policy working group, is meets in, meets in public. But the ideas have been thought through and bounced around behind closed doors so that all matters can be talked about and that people are not afraid to say something simply because there's a crowd of people there who might be very unhappy in what they say or set hairs running unnecessarily. So I, I'm, I'm very concerned about what's proposed at the moment. I'm also concerned at the size of it. I mean, that the idea of taking up 40% of the council council members on a on a, a a group that's supposed to be focused and meeting regularly i think will won't work we won't meet 2015 never mind 2014 so i i really think this 
the great deal, sorry, not 14, 25, uh, that, that more thought needs to be given to this. And that's why earlier on I said we ought to be having these workshops so that all members can get into their heads what 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 it is that we're actually being asked to do. Because it's not a big, easy job. It's not something that's going to happen in 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 less than three years uh, and and if and if and if, and if it's being guided by a conference well I, I i can't see them ever coming in with any outcome because they'll all they'll be all over the place so uh, i really urge some further thought on this matter before it's settled thank you very much indeed council dean councillor so yes thank you chair just a couple of facts uh, the good residents of Uddlesford have been living with a local plan for the last 14 years. They've lived with two failed local plans and clearly amongst many, we've got a lot to do to build, rebuild trust with residents. I think we're all agreed that what we want is the most sound local plan that we can get. And I'm not in favour of part one for part two, as Councillor Dean has mentioned, what I am in favour, and I think it's essential, is workshops. The workshops, by definition, are not decision-making bodies. It's a workshop where you can bounce ideas, test the water, ask the questions which you might not want to ask in public because someone might say, well, didn't, shouldn't you have known that? Or what silly question you've been asking? So members have got to feel comfortable to ask questions of other members and of the officers. And I think that as long as you don't go down the route of taking any decisions in private, then that should be the way to go. But clearly, with any local plan, any significant development, there is going to be a high degree of apprehension amongst many residents. Thank you. Thank you, Councillor Sell. Uh, Councillor Crisioni? Thank you, Chairman. Uh, I'll try and be very brief. Um, I'll bring up private meetings in the second part, if it's Thank okay, part of my wider questioning. Um, I, d I didn't mean to scaremonger earlier. I absolutely accept what the Chief Executive is saying about a positively prepared plan. Look, I think if we're at stage one or stage two hearings, by the time we get to December 23, then the government will see that we're actively pushing a, a sound plan, or what we believe to be a sound plan. So, um, yeah, that absolutely taken. Um, on the document in particular, clearly we are relying solely on our um, wise men, Councillor Evans would have them. Um, is there any consideration to legal advice? Clearly, um, we take planning extremely seriously in a local plan process. That's a given. But there are legal aspects that will need to be considered. Um, do you think that there is benefit in bringing forward that legal advice from the from the outset, i.e. in the formation of this PID, uh, as we call it? Um, or is that something that necessarily follows later? Thank you. I'm going to ask Councillor Foley to speak because he's been waiting quite a while. Then I'll ask Councillors uh, Storer and Evans to come back on the points just made. Councillor Foley. Uh, thank you very much for uh, letting me in. Fortunately, while I've been waiting for a while, some of the things have been answered, but a couple of things I really would just like to um, say. Just because we've done something in the past doesn't necessarily mean 
um, it was good or bad. We've had two failed plans and we must learn uh, from our mistakes. Uh, insofar as I completely agree with Councillor Sun regarding the workshops uh, where people should be able to allow to, to, uh, to, to, to say, uh, as somebody said earlier, on the unthinkable. But as for the other meetings, I think um, a part one and part two is appropriate. It's the way we do business um, in the council and it would be relatively easy to do. The more secret, I mean, the, uh, the administration came in um, on an open uh, agenda uh, that, that we, you know, that people can hopefully um, see uh, what's happening. So this is a good opportunity uh, to, to, to show that. So I favour part one and part two uh, because that's the way we do we do business and we're used to uh, doing that. And uh, for com for commercial reasons, it would be, I think, uh, easily understood. If it's too secretive, people will worry. Thank you. Thank you very much indeed, Councillor Foley. Councillor Stora, Councillor Evans, your responses to the points made by the last four speakers, please. Thank you, Chair. If I may, I'd like to respond to Councillor Christian in particular. Um, with regard to the legal advice, I would have thought at this point in time, no, on the basis of the experience of um, our planning officers and that of the two consultants. Uh, but that is only for the time being there. There's a wealth of experience between them. But I do take the point entirely that in the not too distant future, we need to just keep a uh, hand on the tiller, as I say, and, and check there's nothing um, unanticipated that, that might, might sink us or derail, derail us, if I'm not mixing my metaphors there, which I'm sure I am. With regard to Councillor Sell's suggestion, Yes, that would do the job for me. It would tick the box. As long as some meetings or some parts of meetings are in private, I, I think that is crucial. But thank you. just going back to the matter of legal advice, again, I'd welcome anything that um, Mr Glendale might have to say upon that. Thank you, Chair. Thank you. Councillor Evans, anything you wish to add? Uh, well, I'd just like to say that I, I have seen legal input um, in other contexts, for example, um, <clears throat> uh, when garden communities were being looked at, and there is a time and place, uh, and you'd expect me to say that, wouldn't you? Um, a time and place for legal uh, input. We all know that um, so many planning matters are finding their way into the administrative court uh, these days and even into the Court of Appeal, so we do certainly have to be jolly careful uh, and ensure that uh, whatever we come up with uh, is legally sound. It's one of the requirements of the inspectors to satisfy themselves upon, upon that point. Um, and we all remember that uh, we had a QC sitting in uh, through the examination throughout the period uh, last uh, last July. Uh, so, uh, yes, time, time and place definitely for uh, legal input. Um, so yeah, I'm in favour of that. Thank you. Mr Glenday, anything you wish to add? Sorry, Chair, can I clarify just where I'm, I'm coming from? It will be very short, I promise. I know you're eager to go to the break. Um, so that in respect to the legal advice, it's purely on the basis that the reports and the advice that comes from um, the two LGA peers is going to form the basis of future documents, local development scheme, statement of community involvement, and so on. So therefore, it probably would be worthwhile to have some sort of legal opinion on the work that they produce 
on the basis that it will inform those documents. I'd just be concerned that if we are going to meet challenge and we want to do this properly, simply, you know, marking their homework from a legal perspective would be quite helpful, albeit clearly that includes a cost. Thank you, Councillor Cristiani. Mr Glenday, anything you wish to add? Um, just, yeah, I, I would suggest, I mean, I think the key thing, on the basis that we're talking about the local plan leadership group and the number of members who are involved and whether meetings should be public or private, these are not legal issues. I mean, we have, it's, it's a choice that we can make. We've got the EELGA on board to give their advice, given the experience they've got. They've given that advice, um, but under no obligation to take that advice. I mean, we can interpret that. And, of course, you know, members have talked today about transparency and if that's a key issue for them, then fine. But I would agree with Councillor Stora on the basis that I think maybe further down the line, you do want some legal input. But I'm not sure going and spending more money on legal views at this stage would add an awful lot of value because this is an issue that members need to determine themselves on the basis of the information and advice that they've got. Thank you very much, Mr Glenday. Um, I think that probably concludes the debate on this particular item. If I may, however, I've got one question for both uh, councillors Storer and Evans. Uh, the cover paper to the item, paragraph seven, if I may read from it. Learning from and reflecting on the lessons of the withdrawn local plan is identified as a process throughout the work rather than a specific standalone task an approach which the consultants consider will be more effective and will avoid delay in getting started on the new plan. Um, two issues. First of all, it seems to me to show a remarkable lack of inquisitiveness by the executive as to where we spent £6 million and wasted six years, and I'm slightly surprised by that. But more importantly, um, if we haven't documented the reasons for the failure of the previous plan, and let's not beat about the bush. The um, planning inspector's criticism was somewhat robust when we received it in January. How on earth are we going to make sure we don't make the same mistakes again? Uh, well, I'm sure that um, uh, we're not looking at it from the point of view of um, a witch hunt or uh, anything of, of that nature. Um, but certainly we agree that um, lessons need to be learned um, and I've asked um, that question in in one uh, lo looking for a simple answer, really. Um, of course, the answer is much more complicated than a simple answer. Uh, but an answer, I think, might be appropriate to be given. And that is, I think, that we did rush matters, actually, towards the uh, end of the process. I think there was a determination um, uh, to uh, get our um, plan forward and put it in in January 2019 in order to beat the uh, the um, uh, uplifted uh, housing uh, numbers. Um, and I think that perhaps things were uh, taken a little bit on, on, on the hoof, but that's just a personal view and not something that um, uh, I would wish to uh, have held against uh, officers or, or, uh, or, uh, or the like. Um, but that that is just a, a, an observation that I that I make rather than a criticism. Um, but, um, uh, but just to answer your uh, uh, question, Chairman, I'm slightly intrigued by use of the word witch hunt because it's one that's been used by both the chief executive and the leader in respect of these matters. Um, 
I think I prefer the more old-fashioned term, accountability to the public for £6 million of their council tax money. But forgive me, I might be being slightly old-fashioned in this. Councillor LeCount, you wish to make a point? Mine is actually very interesting, really. Um, I listened to you, Chair, and I totally agree with what you said. Um, but I'd like to just draw a simile. If I was going to buy a new car... I would like to know how better it is than my old car. And basically, in all the documents that we've got, I haven't seen anything from the two wise men that says, this is what we did, and this is what we're looking to do. And therefore, as a scrutiny person, I can look and say, is that the right value? Am I getting the right, all the right things? So basically, we have got no comparison between what went before, and I love all the words, and I really enjoy all the words, and I'm quite happy to listen to people's opinions. But in actual fact, if I was spending my money on something, then I'd like to know that what I'm about to do now is better than I did before. So my view is not for an opinion. My view is just a statement. So if that makes any sense, if anybody would like to question me on that, I'd be willing to answer the questions. But it seems to be very easy. Actually, not a witch hunt. I'm not really, I couldn't care two monkeys what ever anybody did before. All I'm interested in is, in fact, what was before and what is on the table today. And therefore, I can evaluate the two things. Shall I spend this money? Shall I spend this money? So it's a statement, not for questions. So if anybody wants to question me, uh, Chair, please do. Thank you. Councillor Story, you wish to make a point? Yes, please, Chair, if I may. Going back to this, um, reflecting on what went wrong in times gone by. What strikes me about local plan making, uh, has done for many years, is that you have to play the game according to the rules. There are strict rules and you must adhere to them. You can't bend them, you can't break them or twist them, or you will, it's a recipe for disaster. You will fall flat on your face, you will be held to account. So you have to, as I say, be well aware of what you have to do and to do it. If things are mitigating against you, then you try and adhere you, may, you take extra, extra steps to make sure that that does not present a problem. You cannot rely on what I'm going to refer to, and I'm sure you all know what I mean, by the, the Dennis Norton approach, because it won't be all right on the night, will come unstuck. And I wouldn't want that. That's what I mean by the whole approach. Thank you. Thank you. Councillor Cook, you've been waiting patiently. Yes, thank you, Chair. It was to come back to the council account. I, I actually agree with him completely, and uh, I, I would have preferred, after the input uh, at the beginning, to tell us why the wise men, as we're calling them, had come to the decisions they've come to to recommend what they're recommending that we accept. To me, that makes sense. If a doctor says to me, for instance, one of my colleagues said this, you know, I'm going to give you an injection and this is what it's going to do, they usually then tell you why they've done it. Um, and to me, this would have helped me an awful lot to 
for the two wise men to have said, look, this is why we're doing this a different way. This is better. We found that this was pretty good, so we're going to keep it. This was pretty awful, so we're going to throw it out. Uh, and these are new ideas. To me, that's a very straightforward, easy thing to understand. And, uh, you know, we as a council are, are accountable. Uh, the officers are accountable. So I think the public will expect us to be able to say out quite loud why we think this is a better way of going forward. Because if we don't, then we shouldn't adopt it. Uh, I do think it's a better way of going forward. But I would like it explained by the two wise men, explaining how they come to those decisions. We're paying them a lot of money. It wouldn't take them long. I think that's an extraordinarily good point, Councillor Coote. Thank you for making it. Um, I see Councillor Dean and Councillor Sell would like to say something again. Very happy for that to happen. But, gentlemen, please keep it as brief as possible. And then we'll go for a 10-minute recess and come back to item 8, which I accept in part we have covered some measure of. Councillor Sell, first you, then Councillor Dean. Thank you. Yes, we have got to learn the lessons from the past. And to be fair, the last local plan did respond to the first inspector in terms of getting the major developments near lines of good lines of communication. And of course, the last administration paid a political price, in part because of the issues with the local plan. And therefore, we've now got set of officers, who were, most of whom were there before, who are now going to give their professional advice on how we proceed. So, yes, we've got... I, I just caution about spending lots of time um, trying to find out what went wrong. We've got to look to the future and come up with the most sound plan that we can, because Kaiser Store is quite right. The goalposts do keep changing, and it's that set by central government keep changing. So you may think you've come up with the right answers, but it's moved on. Good point, very good point. Councillor Dean? I think the approach should be that we have a plan, or or sooner, sooner rather than later, we have a plan with milestones in it, I use that term, they may use different uh, terminology today, um, and that at each of those milestones we carry out what I call a rain check. In other words, we say, are we still going in the right direction? Are we about to repeat something that shouldn't have happened last time? But I think the last thing that we should waste our time on, waste officers' time as well as our own time on, is spending six months doing in what in Lancashire we used to call a drain zone. In other words, it's producing a 500-page report on what went well and what didn't go well last time, by which time everything's moved on. And um, we, we aren't making the progress on the new plan that we want to do. So some form of rain check system. So so I think from what I've heard, I'm, I'm tending to agree more with uh, Councillor Stora and Councillor Evans on the way they would like to go about it. Thank you. Thank you very much indeed, Councillor Dean. Right, 8.35, 10-minute recess. We will reconvene at 8.45 for item 8. Thank you very much indeed for a very civilised and well-conducted debate. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned.
Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned.
Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned.
Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Good evening, thank you very much indeed. We've just returned from recess of the 6th of July meeting of the Uttleston District Council Scrutiny Committee. We've just completed Agenda Item 7 and we're now about to start Agenda Item 8, the new local plan governance arrangements. We'll follow the same format for this as we did for Agenda Item 7. I'll ask Councillors Storer and Evans to introduce the item to the extent they wish. Councillors Coot and Cristioni then to uh, ask the initial set of questions on behalf of the committee as a whole and then invite other members and indeed those in attendance to speak if they wish. Councillor Storer, Councillor Evans, the floor is yours. Thank you very much. Councillor Storer is going to lead on this one. Excellent. Thank you, Councillor, and thank you, Chair. Uh, I'd like to draw your attention to paragraph three of this item. Um, where the committee is invited to comment on the proposals having regard to the advice of the peer review team. Now, the governance structure that was put forward to us comprised what I'm going to refer to, or in fact what they referred to as three pillars. And of those three pillars, I think the central one is by far and away the most important because it relates to the local plan making process. The two either side relate to um, 
community involvement and to infrastructure, both of importance, but to my mind, at least secondary to this particular process. And it's that that I want to concentrate on. I was quite happy with, with aspects um, of it, but there are three issues that I'd like to draw to your attention. The two are of concern to me, one I was particularly pleased with. First one that was of concern to me was the, um, the corporate overview board, because I thought, what's that? What's it going to do? What are the implications of it? How often is, uh, is it going to meet? What's it going to do? What will it involve? And so on. How will it impact upon the work of the group and the rest of the process? But due to that discussion um, at or with the two, um, two consultants that Councillor Evans and I had with them, I was very much reassured that it would be, yes, senior members, uh, uh, senior officers rather, of the council, because I have to admit that was of a bit of concern to me, because I thought, well, that's fine, senior members, capable people, what do they know about local plan making? But if there's going to be legal representative as well as I believe there is and uh, a county representative that, then I was reassured that this is normal procedure and it will go well the question is of course is how often will it meet and that will be a matter of circumstance I think it will be as often as necessary I expect maybe quite frequent on occasion we shall see so I was satisfied with that the second issue which um, I had cons major concerns about was the um, this proposed local plan leadership group. What were my concerns? Well, the group was going to be, and I quote, small, and it was going to be private. And I thought, well, yes, I'm used to such meetings uh, on the basis of my career. Many meetings were like that, but we've moved on. And this particular administration is very anxious to ensure that it is open and transparent. And I'm sure that applies across the council as a whole and is not limited uh, to this administration. And the more I thought about it, whilst, whilst we'd had a discussion on this and I was given an explanation by these two gentlemen, I have to say I wasn't convinced. And the more I thought about it afterwards, the less and less convinced that I was. So I therefore spoke to um, several fellow members and without attempting to put words in their mouth because they knew about the subject matter, I asked them and they too shared my concerns. And I thought, oh good, it's not just me, that I'm not just kite flying on my own. And I spoke to Councillor Evans about it, and he needed no convincing whatsoever. So we were the same on this, and hence we are with that situation now. And given, given the expectations, what I believe would be the expectations of the members of this council, and probably more importantly, the residents of the district, I was quite confident that we should be going with 
a large group which involves, clearly, by definition, it involves more people. More members get to have a say and it facilitates a wider geographical spread across the district. And, perhaps most importantly, meetings are in public. Uh, the two gentlemen that advised us, yes, they're professional officers, but we, I hate to say it, for me personally, we're effectively politicians. We think about what the residents think. How would it be, and it's a vitally important word, one of the things that's been brought home to me over the years is this, there is no reality, only perception. And it's perception that's all important. Decisions being held behind closed doors gives the wrong perception. So I'm more than happy for us to go with a larger group, a geographical spread. A larger, dare I say, cross-party group. It's got to be cross-party. Everyone or, or whatever groups are appropriate will be involved in that. Dare I say, um, it's something the chair may wish to come on to later, but we've had the leaders received a letter from David Hall reflecting this same view. And last week at a Paris Council meeting that I attended, whilst waiting for the meeting to start, one of the uh, members of that Paris Council asked me uh, how we're getting on with the local plan. Did we know how we're going to set about it yet? And I explained, uh, I explained to the lady briefly what had been recommended. Members, her face fell when I told her because she was horrified, probably too strong, dismayed at least by the prospect of a limited number and behind closed doors. But when that's changed, yes, that is the right way to go about it. I'm confident we are doing the right thing in that respect, subject to your agreement. And the third thing I'd like to comment upon is the prospect of scrutiny, scrutiny of the process um, at this stage in the proceedings. And I have to tell you that I welcome that because Otherwise, I think there will be a serious danger that scrutiny would take place, but it might, might miss the boat. It might just be too late for whatever is happening at that point in time. In the worst case scenario, we put it in a drawer and think about it for five years' time when we do the next local plan, which would be a complete waste of time. So I more than wel welcome the plan being scrutinised now, my preference will be for it to be whatever documents go through to scrutiny, I'll come back to what the comprises in a moment, should go on to Cabinet with a recommendation as distinct from being bounced back to the group, unless that's of necessity, just to save time. I don't want to keep going round and round in circles. If that's to be avoided, we don't have the time available. Now, coming back to the, the recommendation that was put to us, that was for the formulation of a new scrutiny committee, a purpose-built local scrutiny committee, as distinct from scrutiny committee. Now, I have to say personally, I'm ambivalent about that. I welcome scrutiny, but I'm not overly concerned about 
how it might work in practice. That said, there might be an issue about numbers of members available to sit on such a new committee, given that, uh, all being well, the um, local plan group will be larger than it would have otherwise been. And it may be that, um, well, you are recommended uh, to make um, a choice you were asked, I think at some point in the report, paragraphs 1920, you were asked for a view on this as to whether you believe members it should be scrutiny committee, um, a new local plan scrutiny committee, or indeed, I'll, I'll suggest another one, one uh, hybrid, maybe a smaller scrutiny committee than the one which exists at the moment. That's a matter for you to decide. But those are the three issues on which I want to focus. That's not to say there aren't other suggestions I have, but I'm sure I've spoken long enough and they can be dealt with as and when. In fact, they feature, um, they are spelt out as clearly as we reasonably can in Appendix 2, accompanying the report. That is what was pulled together by members to set out what they see as the way forward. And in that, it features the two pillars either side on the left and right. If you compare and cr contrast that with the um, diagram at the end of Appendix 1, you will get an indication as to how they differ. And in that Appendix 2, you that corporate, or effectively it becomes four pillars because the corporate overview board has a much more dominant role. It's more apparent throughout the process with linkages to and from, well, to mainly other groups, which I think is to be welcomed. So members, I commend that to you and welcome your views and questions. Councillor Evans, do you wish to add anything to that? Uh, yes, if I can um, just um, uh, emphasise the point which Councillor Storer has just made in relation to the uh, Corporate Overview Board. It was the very strong um, opinion uh, of, um, uh, of the wise men that uh, a successful plan really would ultimately depend on that degree of accountability at the core uh, of the structure of course, there will be a great deal of uh, evidence sifting and evidence weighing uh, and political matters and so on, which will be taken into account uh, as part of that exercise. But unless one has a very strong um, commitment at the centre, uh, then the view of the wise men was that it would be um, very difficult to uh, secure a sound uh, plan. But um, it, it really goes to uh, the, the comment that uh, Councillor Coote made uh, earlier. There is no exact um, uh, example uh, which can be pointed to as having worked. This, there is no template, as I said before, uh, which one can point to and uh, say, ah, oh, well, that worked for such and such um, district council, therefore it's going to be fine with us. This is an ad hoc uh, one-off uh, arrangement. Um, which has been arrived at in order to suit our composition, um, and uh, it needs to be seen in that in that in that light. Uh, so that's really all I need to say at the moment on that. Thank you very much indeed, uh, Councillor Crisioni. 
Councillor Coote. Thank you, Chair. Um, thank you very much, Councillor Stora and Evans, for that overview. Um, I have a number of questions, and I, I want to be quite clear here in that my questions relate specifically to the, uh, the report presented to us, and therefore it relates to what the LGA peers are saying, not what has come out of uh, the overview just now. Um, I'd like to know, and if I, if I present a number of questions, you can sort of answer them all at once if that's okay. Um, whether we've seen that a system similar to this has been tried and tested in the past and whether we have seen any direct relation to um, this sort of system at another authority bringing forward a local plan. The reason I ask is that I'm a bit concerned we're going to become a bit of a guinea pig and unfortunately we haven't got the time to be a guinea pig and to set up brand new systems of governance. Um, what we need to do is look at uh, you know, track record driven processes that have produced um, solid local plans. Um, so I'd, I'd be interested to know where they've drawn their ideas from. And I imagine it's probably a you know, rainbow of different authorities in different guises, but um, in reality, we should be seeing the detail of that. The Planning Policy Working Group and the Governance Board for Garden Communities, which I actually realise has a much longer name uh, than that, but I'll call it that for now. Um, I think provided a, a good foundation for interactions between the stakeholders in the right way. And I would say in private when conversations were commercially sensitive. And at this juncture, I'd probably say that that's just as important as when the investment board meets and talks about commercially sensitive information. It is a negotiation between us as the local authority and developers that are looking to bring forward sites. And especially if they're looking to bring forward garden communities, there is going to be sensitive information. I think the part one, part two system is easy enough to uh, take forward in this instance. So I, I wouldn't necessarily write off private meetings and we should absolutely promote transparency. Um, but there is, a, there is a place and I'd agree with um, Councillor Store on that. Um, I'd like to know how the proposal brought forward differs from what we already have in place. Um, I, I personally think they've tried to rename the PPWG and the Governance Board for Garden Communities um, and uh, pass that off as a new idea. That's just my thoughts. Um, and I'd be interested to hear what other people have to say about that. We also haven't... Sorry, yes. No, my apologies. I thought you finished, Councillor Christian. My apologies. So um, I, I had a conversation a while back with um, Councillor Evans in relation to the work of the Planning Policy Group and how in future, if, if we are to engage with the communities we need to get out on the road we need to engage we need to speak to people and get into the brains of the people that live in Uttlesford there's no mention of that in in this proposal and there is obviously mention to engagement but I, I'd like to see a planning policy working group or whatever they've tried to rename it go and do that as councillors we can't just rely on the views of people from you know health backgrounds that meet in this uh, this sort of stakeholder group that's been proposed. We need to speak to people that are actually on the ground. And yes, that does happen in the consultation. Yes, they have ample opportunity to do that. But we should also be addressing that uh, when it comes to that formal sort of, when it comes to the engagement that we do proactively um, rather than reactively. Um, let's have a look. Sorry. Um, again, so th there's reference, as I've just mentioned, to this local plan stakeholder community forum. And I think that that will probably disclude your average Tom, Dick and Harriet. 
It's a bit of an expert-led decision-making body, um, and that's the opposite of what we want it to achieve. So just uh, caution in the fact that, you know, in speaking to people directly, it doesn't necessarily mean you'll find the same results as speaking to people on the ground, as I've just said. Um, I would also welcome a local plan scrutiny committee. This is the single largest act that the council will undertake uh, over the next couple of years or so. Um, and I do think it deserves its own separate scrutiny body. That is also to protect the existing and ordinary scrutiny function that we have in place in this committee, because we've got plenty to work, plenty of work to be getting on with. Um, we are looking at some serious issues on uh, fly parking and Section 106 obligations. You know what we're doing. Um, so I, I, I just wouldn't want our work on the local plan, our very serious work on the local plan, to overshadow the very serious work we're doing in that sense. Uh, I also have um, a question about deliverability. I've obviously raised the point of timelines a bit earlier. But in creating all of these new bodies, and in my opinion, these, in some cases, unnecessary layers, um, which I think have been identified as a risk in the officer's report, are we are we sort of conflicting our ambition to deliver something on time um, by the end of 2023, or at least be well on the way to doing that? Um, I realise that's quite a few questions and convoluted way that I've put it, but if, uh, if we can address those, that'd be great. Um, on the contrary, Councillor Christiani, I think you've got to the heart of some very important issues there. Um, before I ask Councillor Storan Evans to respond, and then we'll ask Councillor Coote his observations. Um, I note with particular interest that you've um, zeroed in on the point Councillor LeCount made before the break. What's the differences between the old and new, and please can you specify them and what they do? So I think that was a very uh, telling intervention. Councillor Stora, Councillor Evans? Thank you, Chair. I mean, taking what I think is the first point first, uh, with regard to are we a guinea pig? Probably yes. I suspect from what these two gentlemen advisers, it's pulled together on the basis of experience. It's um, custom made for this particular authority. It's not off the peg and we will just wait and see how it develops. One thing, I'm going to jump straight onwards to my last, the last question I raised now, because it's, it's allied to that. You raised the question of deliverability. How many layers um, are we going to be conflicting? What I would say is that the intention is, and forgive me, it's something I, I neglected to bring out when I spoke on it earlier, is to review this process in six months. So I think that would give us, an, how that is done is another matter but it will give us an opportunity to assess the extent this process is working and tweak it or make more substantial changes should we consider that that to be necessary. Thank um, you. I think it's a point related to, um, you made a comparison with the investment board, yes, a need for private meetings. How does it differ from what's in place? That is a very good question. And I'm going to have to pass on it, to be honest. It's, um, I'll let other people answer that. I was sceptical about the need for change, but I, I think there maybe is one. If we're going to set about it with a new broom, I think maybe 
the term PPWG has associations with it, so if nothing else, there'll be benefit in, in getting away from that. With regard to the community out on the road, totally agree with that. Um, that will be intended to happen, or is intended to happen. It's not explicit, but it's implicit on that Appendix 2, um, which features, if you look very carefully, you'll see uh, a dash line with arrows either end linking the uh, local plan leadership group with a block of five or maybe six uh, community organisations, one of which is the town and parish councils. So it is something which, so it's implicit within that, in, within that it is something I think we, we'd be looking uh, to do. Stakeholder community forum, who we get, who attends ma uh, meetings like that, take your point entirely. It's, I'm probably being sexist, forgive me for that. We want Joe public. It's not just people who turn up to uh, meetings like that. It's, it's people across the board. And personally, I can see Merritt, for example, making these presentations I just referred to recently in local secondary schools and getting uh, younger people who will have a view, who will be more, quite probably more affected than most other people will be by the outcome of this plan, getting them involved and getting their views upon it. Um, with regard to scrutiny committee, I, I note that view and that I think is the end of uh, end of the point you, you posed to me. I hope you find that helpful. Thank you. Councillor Cristiani, do you feel your questions have been answered? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, what I wouldn't want to do is confuse formal consultation that we do, which allows residents to say what they want um, with the idea of this stakeholder community forum. I get that they're mutually exclusive and actually they'll be beneficial. But I just want to be clear that in our formal processes, when we have them written down in organograms, um, that we have just got, as Councillor Storer put it, Joe Public there, um, because that will be heavily scrutinised. It has been in the past, and it certainly will be this time around. Councillor Coote. Thank you, Chair. Uh, yeah, I'll be quite brief, really. Uh, I welcome uh, Councillor Sell's idea of workshops, I have to say. That appeals to me much more than uh, Martin Foley's does about uh, the operation of uh, part two. I've never been entirely happy with part twos. And uh, I think it's uh, much, much more in line with my thinking, um, particularly that it will be open and transparent. Um, the question of whether we set up a, a separate scrutiny committee has certainly, I think I agreed totally really with, um, with uh, Alan Storer, with Councillor Storer. I wasn't really concerned one way or the other. But having got to know uh, a little more about the way we do scrutiny, I think maybe I would, if asked to vote, go with the present one purely on the basis that uh, I know you all and I think you're quite good. Um, the, the other question I'd have probably would be how we, I think, you know, I in the past have been very, uh, should I say, um, not very complimentary about the last administration. But one of the things that I could never quite bring myself to criticise is, is the way they tried to consult, because I don't think it's easy. And I think within the governance uh, and Councillor Stora, 
we need to look at that very carefully. I don't really agree with uh, Councillor Criscoli's view that we, we all get in our buses and we go out and we consult in that way. I probably would prefer to bring people in. So I'd like to see third tier councils, etc., given a, a much broader role. I'd like to see uh, that role given leadership, as I said, in my overall view. In other words, they can bring back to um, a forum where they can tell us what their what their views of their towns, their villages, uh, our constituents are. That is not stopping us going out on the road, but I think there should be something more formal. I think that's where it lacked authority last time. We were all given our, and I remember trotting up to the, to the, te to the I was going to say town hall, that would have been nice, but to the uh, offices and making my views known about the uh, local plan that was on offer. But I, I think if, if, you, if you look at how local democracy should work, it should be that I vote for Dawn French. She represents me at second level up to me if I'm a councillor. And then it goes through. That's how local democracy was set up in the 1960s. And it should work. And there's nothing wrong with it. You shouldn't need, it doesn't seem to me, to have as much out on the road talking to uh, Mr and Mrs Public. They should have the right to have people who can represent them in the correct and right manner and get those arguments over. It's all too easy to talk to two or three people standing on a lamppost and forget what they've said, not get the points they're making, and they may make the points, and this is not talking down about anybody that's making the reference to what local democracy was described as, and that is people representing other people who are able and can put forward views. So for me, that is a big, a big point. It's one that I would love to get into a debate about how we make sure that everybody's views are put over in the right and correct manner. Thank you. Thank you very much. Do you want to come back on either any of those points, uh, Councillor Storer and Evans? I'll I'll just jump in uh, um, briefly um, in relation to the getting out on the road. I think it was in fact when Councillor Christiani and I were on the road going to Bista that I first um, mentioned this in his car, um, and that was way before um, uh, this uh, portfolio came uh, my way. So I do actually have a very strong view that. We should not only uh, speak um, uh, on behalf of uh, our residents as we see their views to be and as we hear their views to be, as I think Councillor Coote has just uh, described, um, but having been a representor at the previous PPWG and being extremely frustrated uh, at what I felt was um, a lack of responsiveness on the part of PPWG uh, two representations which were being made based on evidence, uh, that frustration, I think, um, should be avoided uh, hereafter. And, and that is one difference which I would be very keen to uh, secure a change on um, in relation to our leadership group, that as and when representations uh, are made to it, uh, that action can be seen to be taken uh, upon those representations so that hereafter... Um, attendees won't feel that they're simply shouting into a void uh, or making a point which is never to be uh, paid attention to. Uh, so um, I, I am in favour of um, broadening uh, our uh, message uh, and taking advice and se securing uh, input uh, at uh, all levels and not merely 
um, uh, from the uh, usual suspects, uh, if I might put it that way. And perhaps I can just pick up on one description which uh, Councillor Storer made in relation to the boxes in Appendix 2 on the left-hand side. Those five boxes uh, are actually um, conjoined and the arrow uh, into the uh, leadership group actually applies to all of those five boxes uh, and not merely to the uh, one at the very bottom. So um, that's what was intended uh, there. And perhaps I can just emphasize that these are represent that they're, they're simply organograms they're indicative they're not absolutely uh, determinative things will things will change things will change and will be improved upon uh, there's no doubt about that thank okay, you i come back and um just seek some clarification please of course you um, can well, i think to provide some at the same time actually this idea of going on the road if i'm drawing an analogy from my work um you know the ad administration have committed to locally led development corporations so they want to put themselves in the driving seat and provide new communities on behalf of the residents in association with the developers that want to bring them forward you would assume therefore it's not just up to the developers in that instance to bring that blank sheet of paper to the community and say uh, well generally usually it's uh, this is what we're doing but actually um, you'd hope they bring that blank sheet of paper to people and say what is it that you want what i'm trying to say in, in promoting this idea of going on the road. I don't know, um, you know quite if uh, you know, we might be able to go some other way, but it, it's about us. If we're going to get in the driving seat and we're going to put forward this idea of council-led developments, a council-driven and therefore residents-driven local plan, we need to be the ones that pick up that sheet of paper and say to people, we've got this bit of land. This is, this is the idea behind bringing it forward, what do you think? And then that's their, that's their chance, that's their opportunity to map out their views on that particular proposal. So it's, it's not merely about asking people what they feel about certain things. It's actually asking them to shape the ideas that have come out of all of these groups that have been proposed. Um, would, the, um, would the executive be open to that sort of idea? I just, I just think it's, in, it's intrinsically linked to the fact that you want the council to be in the driving seat. You want them to be the ones leading those development corporations. Yes, I think the way you've described it is um, is opposite. And as I said earlier, um, that group that we're um, uh, described we've described is actually described as a leadership group. It's not simply a um, a work. It's it's not simply a working group as PPWG was. Let's let's uh, uh, express the. Uh, intention and hope that leadership will emerge uh, from that body uh, and from the input that goes into it. So um, I think you've made a good point, yes. Thank you very much, Councillor Evans. I've just noticed that we've gone past two hours on the meeting, so we do need a formal resolution to continue. Uh, all those in favour, please. Thank you very much. Carried unanimously. Um, a forest of hands has gone up. Good. Um, Councillor Sutton, we'll start with you. Sorry. Um, I just wanted to reassure everybody that obviously, you know, our biggest intention is to be honest and we'll all work together. And also, I feel that, yes, we have to go out to the community. We must speak with them within our wards, have the meetings, invite them in and really take on board and, and discuss with them their views. I think that's so important, and that's why we are here. 
I honestly felt last time we were told how, you know, we were given the information and we were not listened to and it was just ignored. So I think that's absolutely important. And I do believe there's a decent team of people that very, very, very much want to work with everybody to produce a really good, a really, really good plan. So I just like to think that we will all work together instead of all, you know, trying to, you know, have a go at one or the other. We all get on with it and we all try our darndest to produce something that, you know, everybody's going to be proud of. That's all I really wanted to say. Thank you. Thank you, Councillor Sutton. Councillor Evans, any comments? Uh, a, la- a laudable um, a view expressed by Councillor Sutton and uh, one, of course, um, with which I entirely agree. And I'd also like to pick up on an observation made earlier uh, that uh, trust is required uh, to be displayed uh, among, uh, among us all towards our officers and um, towards each other. Um, so uh, that, that's a very fair point, I think, Councillor Sutton, for you to have made. Thank you. Thank you. Councillor Dean. Yes, thank you, Chairman. I'll start off by saying I'm, I agree with uh, Councillor Chris Keone that um, in view of workload, and I'm talking about workload of the scrutiny committee, everything else that's already on the committee's agenda, plus sorting out the confused world that uh, we're currently living in uh, over the next uh, year or so, I think to me it does mean that there needs to be a separate group of members um, or a distinct group of members who deal with scrutiny of the local plan, which is one of the biggest issues that we've got on our agenda. Having then said that, I've been scribbling on my book in front of me at the moment, trying to get my head around what, what's being proposed at the moment. If we, if we go back to the old PPWG, Planning Policy Working Group, I, I wasn't happy with that from the outset because it was chaired by the leader of the council and yet it was primarily, I think, a, scru- a, a public scrutiny role of proposals coming forward. Now, I don't actually know where most of those proposals came from. I assume that on the whole, they came from officers working in the background, putting ideas together, and I'm sure probably talking to uh, some um, leading members of the council before they before they became public. But nevertheless, the, the Proposals came forward on paper to PPWG. They were scrutinised and sometimes they were criticised. Sometimes they were supported. Now, what we now what we now seem to have is splitting those two roles, which I think is advantageous. In other words, splitting scrutiny and the place where the ideas are thought up, bashed around put on paper and become public, except the the talk is that the officers will come along with kind of piles of ideas and letters from uh, the public and developers and landowners and members will turn up as well and they'll spend all day, all all 15 of them, going round and round in circles trying to make some sense out of it before... Officers then go away and write something up which is fit fit to go to the scrutiny committee because otherwise you're going to end up with essentially two levels of scrutiny. 
some documents written by officers that go to the local plan leadership group and then on to the proper scrutiny committee. So what I'm really saying is that there's either duplication here or there's a muddle because one, as I've said before, 15 people sitting around a table aren't going to get anywhere. That's a conference. And, and everybody's going, to, the public will say, what a circus that was. And, um, and there can't be any, anything on writing coming to that group because I've heard people saying that we don't want people thinking about it before the meeting starts. Um, and to draw a comparison, we know, I know full well that papers that come to scrutiny that are going to the cabinet have been talked about in private before they come to scrutiny and are put on, as with next week's agenda, put on the agenda. So are we going to say that all discussions, whether they're by Zoom or whether they're in London Road, Saffron Walden, are going to be held in public uh, and worked up in public? Because that's what I'm hearing from Councillor Stora. And quite frankly, it's not workable. So I, I really seriously suggest that this is given more serious thought because we'll just create something which is unmanageable and it'll be 10 years on before anything has been sorted out. And people will be saying, do I go along to the local plan uh, leadership group to have my say and to give them a hard time? Or do I go along to scrutiny and give them a hard time? Or do I go to both? Because holding, discussing the same subject twice, and in fact three times when it goes along to cabinet, means there are going to be th a series of three public meetings all discussing the same thing, except the first one will be, in my view, a circus. Because if it's making things up from bare information, it's not going to get anywhere. Uh, and I'm being, I'm being genuine about this. I just think that this, we're asking for trouble. Um, and I think that's really all I have to say, Mr Chairman. Thank you. Thank you, Councillor Dean. Councillor Stora, Councillor Evans? I come back on that, if I may, Chair. I, I understand Councillor Dean's point, I think, but I, what I don't understand is, is really what differs from the current situation in that what I envisage would happen would be the, the officers to uh, undertake their work and put forward, for example, various options as to development proposals, for example, maybe with a recommendation as to which one or more would be the most appropriate. The group would then take a view on that and put that forward to scrutiny and it would then go forward to um, cabinet with a recommendation. Now going back to the, that's probably not too dissimilar as to what happens in the current committee process now in that officers put forward reports to members and committees who um, take a view on it and it goes on to cabinet or, or full council and in the meantime scrutiny committee decide whether to call something in for scrutiny or not but then with regard to the public input, so I follow the point being made, the potential opportunities for 
um, making a decision. And I would think that the main one there would be at the local plan group. That is where the public would be likely to have greatest effect and scrutiny would be a case of more like something like this where it's examined internally through the process that you normally undertake and then if and when it reaches cabinet then members of the public developers whoever may wish to make their views known then because i doubt maybe being wrong now please tell me if i am that that scrutiny would be particularly swayed by what members of the public say, they'd be more concerned about considering the appropriateness or otherwise of what that group, the local plan group, is putting forward, possibly taking into account the views of the public at the time. I hope that makes some kind of sense to it does to me whether it does to you is, is perhaps another matter but that would be my logic basically i don't see this as a particular issue i suspect that basically the public's involvement at the scrutiny level may be um pretty insignificant but you are more experienced with scrutiny committee than i am so i'm in your hands on that thank you chair uh, thank you, Councillor Stora. You've got your hand raised. Was there another point you wish to make? Councillor Stora? Alan, can you hear me? Right. We'll move on. I can, but um, sorry, that, that was all I... I wish to say unless you have a there's another question no no, no i just just noticed you had your hand raised as well Councillor, oh, i failed to put it off put it down councillor lecount oh my god my turn actually that's great um well i've got so many things on my piece of paper here can you hear me all perfectly perfect that's great uh, my first one is to Councillor Dean. I do actually actually question your 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 concept of actually scrutiny because I sat on scrutiny for over a year and we had no public connection at all. I mean, what we got was actually, unfortunately, just a uh, dialogue of what was on the agenda. So, please, I do not want you to bring me to all standards because that would... I'm not actually having a go at you, actually, councillor. Um, but basically, that's not true. I mean, we really tried really hard, but basically we never got anywhere. So we're going to try very, very hard with this scrutiny committee, and we're going to try desperately with this new mini-scrutiny committee that's going to be very useful to the lead, the, the, the lead group. So the lead group will make comments, it will go to a mini-scrutiny and then go back and then go back again. And I see no problem with that because that's actually... I've got the words actually for scrutiny, which I thought was quite interesting. Scrutiny is close, careful examination or observation. And I think that's a very, very... Those three key words there, observation... 
So what we're going to do is that we're going to observe exactly what this leading group is going to be doing, and then we're going to make examination of it, and then we're going to go back and say, we should like you to have a look at this again. So this may be if this leader group sits, shall we say, every week or fortnight, I don't know, but that's up to Alan and, and John to decide. But then I see the scrutiny would almost follow that by a week. And then we would look and then observe and carefully and then go back and with, with our considered opinion. So I have no problems with that at all. So that's my first point. My second one is um, John Evans and Alan Storer says we will review our plan at the end of December. Great idea. I think that's very, very important. Set in the calendar and we should be looking to do that. Exactly what, that's a big milestone. Let's put it in the calendar and then review it. Uh, my next one is uh, target. The target, I think we should be looking at a project manager for the local plan. Um, so that's something that maybe somebody else can talk to me about because I do believe there should be a project manager that takes this all the way through and watches and measures this exactly what we're actually doing all the way through. My fourth one is um, I've got no NIMBYs, it says, no NIMBYs. Now that means no NIMBYs. What we should be doing as district councillors is not thinking in wards, but we should be thinking as a district. So when this local plan goes forward, and John and Alan will be making decisions and making observations, it's going to go here. What we've got to do as councillors and district councillors is look at that in the proper manner, in the, in the manner that in actual fact says, you know, let's think about it as a district. You know, it could be... It could be Hedham, it could be Elsham, it could be Chesterford, it could be Thaxted, who knows where it might be. But the important thing is we've got to be, you know, bold enough as district councillors to make the right choices. Um, I've had, I have another one, really, which is um, actually, I think is very, very important. Um, I've always believed in fairness, trust and integrity. Um, so I really don't care two hoots about politics in terms... I work very closely with lots of you members, and you all know I do. So my, my, my truth is fairness, trust, and integrity, not politics. So I'm not interested in scoring points at all. I'd like to come back to Chris, if I may. Hello, Chris. Can you hear me? Do you know what? I think the local plan bus later, you know, later in later in this scenario would be absolutely brilliant. You know, it's not going to be it's not going to be next week. It's not going to be, you know, in the next six months, maybe not in the next year. But as we go along, I think that local plan bus idea is brilliant. You know, absolutely brilliant. And I think I'll be on that bus with you, Chris. Um, and I think it should be cross-party, all of us. And then we go, the local bus goes to a place, we all get out, and we talk to, we talk to residents. Love it. That's a great marketing idea, and congratulations. 
I'm, I'm glad you thought about it because, well, I'm a bit, a bit sad, really, because I wish I had. So uh, I'm sorry about that. Anyway, so am I done, Neil? I'm not sure. Let's have a look. One, one more. Uh, working group numbers. Yeah, I agree with Alan. Um, I've done the working plan and the group. So target. Yes, I'm, I'm finished. That's me lot. So uh, over to everybody else. Thank you very much. Thank you very much indeed. Councillor Sell. Thank you. Some very good points have been made by people. Uh, just a few observations on my part. Um, I suppose a key thing is communication and the need for effective communication throughout the local plan process. I, I, my perception, others might not agree, but certainly in the last council, there was a bit of disconnect between the policy plan working group and the bulk of the members because they were considering vast amount of material. And what I think we need to do is to make sure that we don't get spokes in the wheel for unnecessarily, because we have got a time scale. I was uh, very much in favour of community engagement. I think it's actually more empowerment. I, I see the bus with Councillor Comte on it. I'm quite happy to join him. Um, going to the local Tesco, the local co-op forecourt in the district. I vividly remember some years ago, I was in Elsnam, and I think, sorry, correction, I was in Ugly, bordering, bordering Elsnam, and I was talking to a resident there about the then Fairfield development, and he was telling me, oh, there's no point saying anything, they'll do it anyway. Uh, and it gave me the impression of total powerlessness that the people at Sutton Walden would do unto you what they want to do, and you couldn't do anything. He was proved wrong, fortunately. Just a few other points. I think 15 is too large for the uh, leadership board. I do believe that it should be geographically based, but I've lived with 11 or so. I believe that there should be two committees, Years ago, when we first started scrutiny, there were two scrutiny committees. This is, I suppose, a, a task and finish scrutiny committee, in that once the local plan is done, then the life of that particular scrutiny committee would come to an end. The only slight caveat I have, and we heard earlier in the meeting about the lack of capacity in democratic services, and... I do think that servicing the local plan in terms of democratic services is going to put a, quite a burden on them. So hopefully uh, they will get back to full strength, if not beyond, uh, in the near future. So those are the thoughts that I have, Chair. Thank you. Councillor Jones. Thank you, Chair. Um, I'm going to give it to really just concerning that sort of the uh, agenda item. Uh, and I have a concern. Um, obviously, we've heard about the local plan leadership group. of uh, I believe it's 12 members. Um, that was uh, not 15. I think uh, that dropped slightly. And then you have eight members for the scrutiny local plan. Then you have obviously our 10 members of the current scrutiny committee. And then you have cabinet of 10 members. I think I've added it all up, and if I've got my maths right, um, it's just over 40 members. 
uh, that are required. Now, I presume if you're a cabinet member, you can't sit on either scrutiny, or you can't sit on this scrutiny committee, so you can't, I say, would sit on the uh, local plan. If you're part of the local plan leadership group, should you also sitting on the scrutiny of said ideas that come from that group? So I think it would, we would run out of numbers pretty quickly. Now, what I would kind of, kind of propose is to have a smaller uh, committee formed of current scrutiny members. Um, working under a separate terms of reference that spe specify uh, for the local plan. Um, so, yeah, that's, that's, that's really what I've got to say, actually. Um, I can't see the scrutiny of the local plan as it is working with the numbers we have as a, a membership, uh, but I could see it working as a separate scrutiny committee formed of current scrutiny members um, working under a separate terms of reference. Thank you. Um, before we go any further, Councillor Storer, Councillor Evans, any observations you'd like to make on the comments made by the last three speakers? Yes, if I can uh, just jump in uh, there, please, um, Chairman. Um, uh, so far as um, a review in December is concerned, which uh, um, Councillor LeCount mentioned, that, that was a concept which was introduced uh, during the discussions between um, Councillor Storer uh, and I with the uh, two uh, wise men. That was not an original concept uh, suggested, but I think that it is a valuable one uh, and is intended to enable a critical and objective uh, view taken then as to how well, particularly, the leadership group is, is working and the terms of reference will be carefully and uh, specifically drawn up uh, in order to enable uh, the chairing of that uh, group to be uh, effective uh, and for leadership to be displayed by all of the members of that group. Um, and again, fairness and trust and integrity has been helpfully reminded to us all by uh, Councillor Camp, which we all agree with. Um, and getting out there into the uh, into the field with with the bus or whatever it might be um, is absolutely something that I would be keen to uh, promote. Um, I'm also very keen to get information out there to the public and not just to the uh, people who read mater read material in their parish council or their town council uh, documentation, but to make documentation and information more accessible to the public. Um, I have asked our officers to consider whether or not it would be possible, desirable, um, for a separate website to be open, for example, just dealing with the local plan. Um, and for documents, i.e. evidence, which is really what we're talking about here, to be more logically arranged and so that members of the public can find what they want to look at uh, more easily. Uh, I um, in the past, uh, as an ordinary member of um, the public, found it extremely difficult to find uh, evidence. And uh, I think there are uh, considerable improvements that we can bring to bear uh, in relation to making material uh, available with a view to securing the empowerment um, which uh, Councillor Sal talked about. And as I said earlier, um, the figure of, of 15 for the um, leadership group was an around figure um, but I think we'll end up probably with a lower number than that, maybe 11, 12, as it were, again, depending on um, proportionate representation and so on uh, across the 
across the district and uh, our political composition. Um, so uh, that's just all I needed to say about that. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, Councillor Driscoll, please, and then Councillor Cressioni again. Well, mine will be very, uh, very quick, Chair. Basically, what has happened this evening is for once since I've been on the council, people have got great ideas, cross-party, and if the actual team that get together and work how we've discussed this this evening, I think by December 2023, we would have done enough to impress the government. That's all I wanted to say, Chair. Thank you very much. Thank you. Councillor Cristiani. A, a very minor point from my perspective. Uh, two points, actually. So on page five of the report, point three point two zero, it refers to the role of the leadership board in reference to them meeting in private. It then goes on to say that in order to offset that, or at least it suggests, in order to offset that, this local plan scrutiny committee will fulfil the desired and desirable level of transparency. Um, I'd just be very careful on that because if something is confidential for the purposes of the leadership board, it's still confidential when scrutiny has to review it. So what we wouldn't want to do is tell people that actually scrutiny is going to look in detail in public at the confidential documents that are before the leadership board. So I'm not quite sure how that would offset the uh, perceived lack of transparency in meeting in private. So that's worth some consideration. Um, I didn't I didn't mention a bus, but of course, if it was a bus, it would have to be electric. That's all I have to say, yeah, Chair. <laughs> very, very uh, astute observations, Councillor Chrissiani. Um We've spoken a lot about scrutiny. We've spoken a lot about the LPLG. Does anybody have any observations or comments on any other parts of the proposed structure, in particular the Corporate Overview Board? That's a resounding silence. We may have come to the end of this particular debate which then means that we have to formulate what we're going to say to Cabinet as our recommendations. Um, it seems to me that we can distill that down, and what's been a very interesting discussion, into three observations um, that we wish the maximum feasible amount of transparency, taking into account the very valid caveats there, that there should be a clear, well-stated, but greater burden of consultation on the LPLG in some shape, manner or form. And that clearly will need some clarification and specification, but it's not bad as a mission statement. And then the matter where we don't seem to have resolved matters is whether put it bluntly, we want one scrutiny committee or two. So um, I'm proposing we take a vote on whether we wish to recommend to Cabinet one scrutiny committee or two, if that is acceptable to members. But is that summary, although it's remarkably brief and remarkably superficial, uh, reasonable for the purposes of our recommendations to Cabinet, which meets on Thursday? Councillor LeCount, you wish to speak? only one was actually I still like to hear the reasoning behind the wise men uh, 
what they saw before and what they see going forward. Just very, very good point, Councillor LeCount. Very good point. I'm sorry, Dan. Is that okay? Yeah, what, what, what are the differences and why? I think that it's, it's, not, it's not a witch hunt. I'm, I'm not interested, or we're not interested in any witch hunt. It's just why have you made these recommendations based on what was before? Because history actually is always the most important thing in the world. Very good point. Councillor Jones. Thank you, Chair. It was just uh, just for clarification. So, with that proposal, would that be uh, one scrutiny committee, but having potentially a separate set of terms of reference to specify uh, the difference between normal scrutiny work and purely local plan work? Uh, yes, it would. Uh, we would be a effectively this committee, but with separate and very specific terms of reference. Of course, there might be issues about. Um, one or two of the members of this committee uh, who might have conflicting duties, but we could resolve that as opposed to there being an entirely separate scrutiny committee. At least that's my understanding. Uh, Councillor Sutton? Sorry, yeah, I just wanted to say that this, this uh, committee sounds a good one to me. You're all experts in a way, um, and obviously you've dealt with, you know, you've dealt with things like this up to now. I just think, as you said, maybe maybe for it to be specialised. So it's the same committee, but it's specialised for the plan. I think that sounds quite good. That's my view. Anyway, thank you, thank you, Chief Executive. So. Uh, so it's just some points of clarification, if I may, Chair. So I think the first thing is, is that these proposals on which um, the two consultants from the East of England LGA have commented were actually a combination of proposals that came from both officers in discussion with them during their first phase work and further when uh, officers... Uh, firmed up some ideas and they further helped shape them. And obviously these proposals were obviously discussed uh, with the executive and then a final proposal put together on which the uh, uh, two consultants could write a report and that's the report that you have be before you. So I've listened really carefully to the debate and obviously the earlier debate around lessons learned. So one of the key issues about the planning policy working group was the way in which it functioned. So it effectively had agendas that looked very much like a cabinet agenda, but it was not a decision-making body. Um, and I think that created a sense that whilst the public came along and spoke to items, they then just turned up on the cabinet agenda a week or so later uh, and it, it appeared that the public had been ignored. There was voting at the Planning Policy Working Group when it wasn't a decision-making body, and that gave a, a sense that uh, those, you know, those ideas were actually being um, agreed upon rather than debated and shared and a range of views taken away by officers to then uh, shape into a proposal in consultation, obviously, with the executive members. So there were a whole range of 
um, aspects of the way in which the planning policy working group operated, which um, on reflection and members who were on the previous council will know some of those um, aspects were raised at the time, including discussion uh, in front of uh, developers. So this idea of uh, discussions taking place in public. So it was, it's been a matter of learning from some of those experiences. And of course, the other thing um, which is different in this proposal to that previously is exactly as uh, one of the members, and apologies, I didn't know who made that point, that the planning policy working group was effectively acting as the pre-scrutiny function, carrying out the pre-scrutiny function, which meant there wasn't a formal scrutiny function as identified by council, because planning policy working group was a working group of cabinet. It wasn't a scrutiny committee appointed by council. It did not have to be politically proportionate. It did not have to abide by all of the rules of council meetings, although it was followed quite closely. So it 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 became a bit of a pickle. And the original proposals that were firmed up between officers and the East of England uh, consultants and what they commented upon was to create complete transparency and clarity around the functions of the local plan leadership group and the scrutiny function of council. But I do have concerns that those two functions are now going to be confused and it would therefore be essential that going forward with both the local plan leadership in the style that's now being promoted by the executive members, whilst nothing unlawful about it, uh, let me be absolutely clear, there needs to then be clarity between the function of that group and the function of the scrutiny committee. Now, just to go to Councillor Jones's point, I think, again, just a point of clarity, if it is one scrutiny committee, it is a committee appointed by council, or if it is two committees, so one dedicated to the local plan scrutiny committee and one dedicated to other matters, then that's appointed by council. If this scrutiny committee has the function of scrutinising the local plan, how it chooses to differentiate meetings is entirely up to, um, obviously, to the committee. But uh, a there is either a smaller group who constitute formally a subcommittee of this scrutiny committee or it's all of the members of this committee but dividing meetings, for example, just for argument's sake, say you had a meeting every other week, then one would be dedicated to local plan matters, for example, and one might be dedicated to other matters. So it is either one scrutiny committee as you are now with all members of the committee participating in the local plan discussions or you form a subcommittee, or council appoints a second entirely separate committee. So somebody also mentioned, yes, quite rightly, no members of executive can sit on a scrutiny committee, uh, which is 10 members, and no, it would be desirable probably not to have overlap between the local plan leadership group. And if that was 12, for example, that's 22 members, so that obviously leaves 19 other members to sit on um, a second scrutiny committee, if that was what was desirable. Um, So 
But I also feel it's really important that I put on record because um, the scrutiny committee is a committee of council that as the chief executive where the scrutiny function is essential as a counterpoint to the executive model of the workload of one scrutiny committee. And we are facing probably the most challenging period for the council and for you as a scrutiny committee if you reflect on the council's financial position, if you reflect on the impact, the economic impact, the community impact of uh, the current public health pandemic, which no doubt you'll want to have a look at in time, uh, and uh, a whole host of other things that impact on our community, um, affordability of housing, the basic state of the housing uh, market, etc. So a whole raft of things. And uh, and in order for scrutiny to be that very important counterpoint to the executive, I would be really concerned about the workload on you as members because you'd be doing everything you've done in the, the last year and probably at least as much again. And that was the reason for suggesting a separate committee. There could be some overlap of members, but there could also be other members who participated in that scrutiny committee, so you share the load a bit further. But uh, if you, as the scrutiny committee, uh, are up for that challenge and uh, and have got that amount of time, then there's absolutely no, no reason for you not to take on the local plan scrutiny, but it would have to be all of the committee, um, but being clear, maybe on different agendas, what topics you were looking at, for example. But uh, it... Uh, I wasn't quite clear that Councillor Jones's idea how uh, that that would be constitutionally correct if I heard it correctly. So, um, but I hope that explains some of the differences between the old model and some of the things that we were seeking to achieve through the new model, um, where we were absolutely being transparent about how the local plan making pro progressed. Again. Members who sat on the previous council will know that we had to um, develop some what I call workarounds um, to enable members to have that really open and honest and frank debate to receive uh, advice and guidance which they could explore and challenge uh, in a safe space. Um, and that wasn't transparent. And workshops was one of the examples that to enable members to really get into the nitty-gritty of the detail, instead of that being at the planning policy working group, uh, it was dealt with by way of a workshop. Now, I don't think that's very transparent. So the purpose of setting out that there is the thinking space, and that thinking space already happens. That thinking space happens with the executive members uh, the planning policy working group team meet regularly with Councillor Evans and Councillor Stora to um, brief them, to take uh, steers. And the working group, the local plan leadership working group, was intended to support them. Uh, but uh, I've made it absolutely clear to the executive, as I do to you, Chair, that whichever way you go, we will, of course, work with you to the best of our ability to make those uh, that structure work and, of course, then uh, look to see how, uh, uh, under the review, it might be uh, re, you know, shaped and honed, tweaked, 
uh, whatever the word is, whatever the word is. But I hope that helps to establish the difference between the old model and the new model for members. Um, forgive me, Chief Executive, but after three hours of discussion, um, I may be misinterpreting you, but you appear to be telling me that the proposals brought before us have not been fully formed, have not been fully thought through, and are not in a position for us to make judgments on and to make recommendations to cabinets on the basis of. Um, by all means, tell me I have completely misinterpreted what you have said, but that's how it came over to me. So apologies, Chair, that it came over like that. Um, that that was not the intention in the slightest. So the... Perhaps you could talk more what the intention was then, please. So... Th- my, the purpose was members were asking what was the what were what was the difference between what you what went before and what the proposals are now and I was seeking to clarify what went before and on what basis these proposals came forward as an as a suggested improvement or a, a difference to reflect uh, particularly the current administration's approach. And the challenge before us to get a, a, a plan made in a timely fashion. So I'm seeking to to elaborate on the differences in response to questions raised by members of what the difference is between what went before and what is before you now. But I think has been made very clear, in particular by councillors LeCount and Chrissioni, we haven't really had a clear statement of how we've got to where we are in comparison to what went previously. I mean, to use it very sort of rather crude metaphor, we haven't been shown the workings in the exam question. So I am enormously surprised to hear you making these statements at this stage of the proceedings. Um, Apologies, Chair. I'm not entirely sure when you would have wanted this clarification in the proceedings the governance papers are before you this evening let me be very clear i would have expected all these matters to have been dealt with in the papers before they were presented to the committee and there to have been informal discussions to resolve this long ago let me be even clearer you received the uh documentation from her majesty's planning inspectors on the 14th of january It is now the 6th of July, and at 10 o'clock in the evening, we are discussing the deficiencies in the proposals for the new arrangements for the local plan. There have been six months during which these reasonably could have been uh, discussed and iterated to a degree. I am enormously surprised at receiving this, but there again, I may be making an overly harsh interpretation. I leave that matter to other members to make comment upon. Do you wish to make any further comments, uh, Chief Executive, or may I ask members for contributions? Well, I apologise, Chair, I must be missing the point. The... So I understood members were questioning the difference between the governance arrangements for the previous local plan and the governance arrangements that are before you. 
So I hope I've clarified that. I don't think there are deficiencies uh, in the papers before you. The uh, portfolio holder and his deputy have taken a different view to that of the officers and the um, uh, East of England local government consultants, which they're entirely entitled to do, and they have put forward why they've done that. So um, I'm not... So I'm if... If I'm missing a point, I do apologise. Thank you very much indeed. Uh, Councillor Lecount. Well, my only point is actually, if we're going to vote on something, uh, are we going to vote on the fact is that we're going to put to Cabinet there there will be a smaller scrutiny, which probably might just be Neil Gregory and Gary Lecount. I don't know, but I think the quorum has actually got to be bigger than that, I'm, I'm sure. So um, I think it's got to be five members, etc. But actually, I, I still believe it's been a great meeting tonight. I think there's been some great contributions from all members right across the board, from all political parties, and I'm very, very happy with that. Uh, I'm a little disappointed that, in actual fact, um, that the chief executive, uh, as vice chair, did not email me in on on the one minute to 12 email that we, I got tonight about what she was going to say and her position. And I do really appreciate the fact is that we've all actually under lockdown and I'm actually cabin crazy. I mean, you know, uh, but basically we all have that problem. But I would have expected something a little bit better um, in, in my past history of running fairly large companies uh, to have actually had something a little bit before one minute to 12. So thank you, Chief Executive, but uh, I was a little bit disappointed. So that's my only point, really. Thank you. Councillor Coote. Yeah, I'd, I'd like to uh, move on to talk about the scrutiny, um, the makeup of it. And uh, I've listened very carefully to what the Chief Executive said. I, I do agree with most of what she said about it will be a tough, uh, a tough, thing to pull off. But it seems to me that somewhere in between what Councillor Jones said and um, we've spoken about is where we should be, it would seem to me right and proper uh, that we as a scrutiny committee didn't take it back um, to uh, council through the executive, that we could easily, quite, quite easily I think, um, decide amongst ourselves uh, in the right and correct manner to who would uh, serve on which committee at which time. There seems to me to be an overriding need for very close scrutiny of uh, whatever goes on. And I, um, I, I'm a little bit lost for words because <laughs> I don't uh, very often uh, disagree with, uh, with Councillor Gregory. But um, in a way, I was asking the Chief Executive to explain to me, uh, Councillor Gregory, how the two, the two ways were different. I think she probably didn't have time to do it justice because there must have been a lot more than that. But if you remember my overall statement at the beginning, I did ask that I would have preferred something to have been given to me underneath all of this when the first proposals were in, telling me exactly how these two wise men, as we call them, and officers, if they had input, and anybody else, how they came to the decisions. I think... It wasn't, um, it wasn't uh, what I would call something as, a, as a, I would want to 
take on board totally because obviously I'd have liked a, a much more detailed uh, piece, but uh, at least it, it gave me some ideas. But to go back without taking any more time because uh, I'm old and I'm getting tired and I need me holics, um, I think that we should, uh, as, a, as a scrutiny committee, uh, move forward, decide to take both scrutiny uh, positions on board and amongst ourselves with the good leadership of uh, Councillor Gregory and Lacan, look forward to uh, making sure that we can scrutinise whatever is needed. Thank you. Councillor Cristiani. Thank you. Um, yeah, I mean, I mean, on the issue of what's, what's gone before, um, I, I heard the Chief Executive loud and clear, um, and I, I'm very thankful for, for that. Um, I, I don't think what, we're, what we have seen in the documentation before us, as I think um, Councillor Gregory has, has suggested, is the kind of working out, and that was what I was trying to get at earlier. You know, are there examples of this elsewhere, and is that forming the basis of what's before us? Um, and if officers have worked with the LGA on the proposals before us, um, it would be good to have had what the Chief Executive has said, which is hugely beneficial to me in the here and now, uh, to have been in, in the document so that we can understand that process. I think um, generally the Chief Executive's contributions and suggestions around scrutiny and also in the role of the Planning Policy Working Group traditionally have been, as I say, hugely helpful. Um, but, but as I say, it would, it would have been better if they were in the in the document. I don't think that's anyone's fault. I just think that's uh, it, it would be good for us to understand the, the workings out, as, uh, as Neil put it. Thank you, Councillor Dean. Thank you, Chairman. Uh, I must come to the Chief Executive's defence here because all the information, uh, apart from a description of how under policy and planning working group used to work is in the documentation. It might be in various places. It's in more than one document, but the, the whole process is there and it's quite clear and spelled out that there's a disagreement between the members of the executive of this council and the people that we're paying £48,000 for to, to, to advise us. Uh, you know, I, I, I regret that, that, that the executive and probably the cap, therefore the cabinet will want to at the first hurdle, reject the uh, proposals that um, that the LGA put to us because, as I've said earlier, I think that they're the most sensible ones um, to, to take. But that's that's where it's probably going. But all that the chief executive has just done is is just done now is elaborate on that and and, and pull the points together. So um, thank you very much. Uh, Ms. French, for that, uh, I think uh, I understood it perfectly. Thank you. Councillor Jones? Um, it's just really, um, coming back to the Chief Executive, thank you for everything you said there. It was very informative. Um, <clears throat> all I can think of is trying to put one pint and a half pint glass with the number of members we have potentially having two separate, completely separate scrutiny committees. Um, I've raised the point before, and I would just hope that we can move now to a vote on this, and I would then hope that Cabinet actually listen to us and of what we've said. Councillor Driscoll. Yes, um, I'd like to say thank you to the Chief Executive as well. Um, I think I understood what you said. Um, I'm a plain English man, as you all know. Um, 
I can understand, and I have mentioned before, I believe this will be too much work for the current scrutiny committee to take on, and therefore I would like to take it to a vote, and if I'm allowed, propose that we allow a second scrutiny committee. Thank you, Chair. Thank you. Councillor Coote. Sorry. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I'm all for doing what uh, Councillor Driscoll says. Let's have a vote and get it over and done with, as far as I'm concerned. But uh, I would obviously uh, uh, ask the chair whether we uh, I need to amend that or whether I just vote against it and then put another proposal, because I've already said that I prefer the current system where we would um, select, elect, and uh, not go through cabinet and uh, through to the council, another committee. So... I'm very happy to do either, but it would seem to me right and proper that um, I probably amended it, but I'm not sure. Up to you, you're in the chair. Um, the only other thing I was going to take up, and it's the first time I've taken anything up a little bit, but I would ask that uh, Councillor Dean really just quoting the £48,000 for what we paid out for the help from the, uh, the two wise men wasn't just about that part, was it? There was a lot more that they have offered us for that £48,000 to... So, can't my, you know, the executive reject or try and amend something? It doesn't mean the inference that you've put on it, Councillor Dean, that that was a waste of money. It wasn't. Uh, and obviously, when you pay for something, it's like uh, anything else. You know, I had a suit made once, but I didn't like the lapel, so I had it changed. Uh, and that's what you do. You buy something and you change it to what suits you. Thank you. Chief Executive. Thank you, Chair. Can I, can I, if, if I can just try to be really clear with members about the scrutiny function. So um, if you propose to keep... Uh, so you currently have the, the function of scrutinising the local plan. That's already within your terms of reference, already within your remit. And if you wish to carry on with that, then, of course, that's entirely appropriate. Uh, and unless any other proposal goes forward to council, because it's only council that can appoint the scrutiny function, whether it's membership or terms of reference. So if you wish to, to take on in this sort of revised form um, the scrutiny function of the local plan, then you need to do nothing more than uh, vote to say that's what you're going to do. If you propose any changes, so separating out the scrutiny of the local plan function into another scrutiny committee, then that has to be approved by council and it, and is nothing to do with the executive because they have no they have no uh, influence over the scrutiny function which is appointed uh, by council. So you can keep it entirely within your current committee. You can recommend the establishment of a different committee and that would be recommended to council. Or, of course, you can, in keeping it, decide how you want to manage that workload. And that could be through you formulating a subcommittee. So, to be clear, so I hope those three options are clear. So, you keep it entirely within the way you run your current com committee, you establish a subcommittee, or you could establish a task and finish committee, uh, group but I think it's probably too important for that personally, but that would be a fourth option. 
or you refer a recommendation to council to establish an entirely separate committee dedicated to the local plan. Does that help? Enormously. Thank you for the clarification. Councillor Sell. Councillor Driscoll's put forward a proposal that there should be a second screening committee. I would like to support him and if it's need to second that proposal. Thank you, Councillor Sell. Councillor LeCount. Thank you, Councillor Sell. You've just taken the wind out of my sails. And that's not not great because I think actually you're absolutely right. Let's have a a subcommittee that, you know, we don't need the whole lot of us. We just need a group to actually be this subcommittee. So, Councillor Sell, thank you very much uh, for taking the wind out of my sails, as always. Thank you. Right. I think we need to mark Councillor Lavelle. Thank you. I, I, I would. I, I, I'm not sure I've understood because I think I've heard two different things. I would agree to a subcommittee. I certainly do not think it's a good idea to form a new scrutiny committee for the local plan. I think the that we have a scrutiny committee operating on behalf of Uttlesford District Council. And my understanding is that that scrutiny committee is sufficient. We may choose to have a subcommittee of that of the existing scrutiny committee, but it would not be a separate scrutiny committee. Right. So let me try and summarise what I believe are the uncontentious issues which we can recommend to Cabinet. And please, please, please interrupt me if you think I am wrong. We would welcome an explanation from the ILGA consultants as to their reasoning in coming to their conclusions and how they were illuminated in their thinking by the lessons of the past. Is that uncontentious? Right, I'm seeing assent for that. Uh, Mr Ferguson, if you'd minute this closely, please, I'd be very grateful. We wish to see the maximum amount of plausible transparency in the workings of all of the bodies in respect to the local plan, but we appreciate that by whatever mechanism, there must be some degree of confidentiality in certain fora. Is that uncontentious? Good. We wish to impose a greater burden of consultation on the local plan leadership group. It is clearly a matter for that group how they wish to discharge that burden. Is that uncontentious? Sorry, could you repeat that, Chairman, please? We wish to impose a greater burden of consultation with residents on the local plan leadership group. It is, however obviously a matter for that group as to how they discharge that burden. Is that... Yes. Uh, I don't like the wording um, because it shouldn't be an imposition. It should be advantageous to the council and it shouldn't be a burden. So I don't like the wording. Really oh, quite, right. quite right. Would you care to suggest an alternative wording? 
dreadfully sorry, Jeffrey. You've 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 uh, stopped um, transmitting. Yeah, um, no, it's my fault. Uh, we should we would welcome or we would encourage the executive to carry out or undertake further consultation. But I don't think we should be apologetic if that's what we think we is the right thing to do. Much better wording. Thank you very much indeed. And Chairman, can I can I say I'm confused because I thought that there was already a built-in consultation process, and the purpose of this group is to actually work up proposals based on the work that's done by the wider the wider planning body. So I, I think you're asking them to do something that's already being done as, as part of this as part of the process, and that they're not there to do their own consultation. Indeed it is, but as councillors Christiani and LeCount have made very clear, um, they would wish to see this going above and beyond that which has uh, previously been anticipated. I don't know what that means. I abstain on this one. Well, jolly good. Councillor Jones, you want to make a point? I was just going to um, answer Councillor Dean's um... I think, obviously, it goes in the recommendations of the actual uh, agenda item that the scrutiny committee is invited to comment on the proposals. And I believe that's what you are doing, uh, Chair. Well, seeking to. Um, and take Councillor Coote's um, point about the Corporate Oversight Board that we would welcome uh, a greater role for the leader of the council alongside the chief executive in that particular body. Is that accurate description, Councillor Coote? Thank you. Does that have a sense? Councillor LeCount? Oh, yeah, you're, you're, you're indicating a sense. Thank you. Right, so we now come to the uh, issue on which there is a division of views in the committee, which is the scrutiny and oversight of the local plan. The Chief Executive has very clearly outlined the position. So my suggestion is we vote on a substantive motion to carry on with the existing function, i.e. that would mean the existing scrutiny committee carries on with its existing remit of oversight of the local plan. Yeah, I mean, you've already had a proposal and seconder for a second. Yeah. You can't change it and ignore it. Yeah, point of order, Chair, I quite agree. Fair enough. Would somebody care to remind me of the exact wording of the proposal? Because I have now forgotten it. I propose that a either subcommittee or a different committee is formed so as the burden of the work does not fall on the full committee. Um, I think we need to distinguish between a subcommittee and a new committee. In that case, then, I propose a new committee is formed so as the work does not fall upon the current um, committee. So the proposal is that there be a new committee charged with the oversight and scrutiny of the local plan. That has yes. been proposed by Councillor Driscoll. Does it have a seconder? It has a seconder from Councillor Sell. Um, Mr Ferguson, would you call the... Um, the roll call. No. Take the roll call and take the vote. Thank you for prompting me. No problem, Chair. Okay. Okay, if members could please respond um, with four against yeah. or abstain. Wait, wait. 
Sorry. You're on mute, Councillor Coote. I did ask before we went before chair. I know it's been a long meeting, so I apologise. But um, I did ask whether I needed to amend that, and obviously I do. I, I don't think uh, you do, Arthur, Councillor Coote, because you didn't have a seconder. <laughs> well, I didn't ask for one, to be fair. But, uh, no, no, that's fair. But I, I mean, for me, that if I want to vote for the say the committee to stay here, um, okay, I can just vote against it. But I would have wanted to have said for people who are going to vote for it from that committee we would form our own subcommittee and we wouldn't have to go through council so i didn't speak to it but okay i have now do you do you wish to propose an amendment councillor Kitt? no i'll go the way that uh, ben has just uh, described i don't want to hang um thank you i'm enormously grateful for everybody's patience we're three and a half hours in and um this has been a very very fruitful meeting so thank you uh ben Roll call, please. Thank you. So the motion is for a second committee with separate terms of reference from this scrutiny committee. Councillor Gregory. Against. Councillor Coote. Against. Councillor Crisioni. For. Councillor Dean. For. Councillor Driscoll. For. Councillor Jones. Against. Councillor Lavelle. Against. Councillor Count. Against. Councillor Sell. Four. Councillor Sutton. Against. Six against, four four, Chair. Uh, well, it's clearly not an overwhelming mandate, is it? So thank you for that, uh, councillors. Um, we could discuss how we implement that now, but I'm minded to suggest that at 25 past 10, um, we, may wish, we, we may wish to move on. Could we not, Chair, actually actually have a vote about the subcommittee? Because we've talked about a separate committee, but we haven't actually voted on a subcommittee. If members wish to do that, then I am at their disposal. I'm very happy to propose that. I think I think Councillor said a sort of ready-made uh, motion. I, I can see you wish to speak, Councillor Jones. Hello, Chair. Is it uh, possible to defer this until after the Cabinet have met? Uh, it's a matter for you entirely. Um, you are sovereign in this matter in terms of what recommendations we make to Cabinet, so I'll, I'll be guided by the wish of the members. Well, the reason I speak, Chair, is that we've made a recommendation to form to keep it within the scrutiny, to, to remain with the same function. So can we wait until after Cabinet has met and then hold another meeting to discuss the formation of the possible subcommittee? There, there's a lot of um, merit to what you suggest. Does Councillor Jones's view have general assent? Yes, I'm detecting that it does. Um, I'm minded to say that I think we've probably completed this item. Is everybody in agreement with that? 
um, then that will need to be a very carefully drafted set of recommendations that we sent to Cabinet, bearing in mind their meeting on Thursday. Um, thank you for that. Thank you, everybody, for um, enormous hard work and dedication on this matter. We are going to move on to the final item on the agenda. Um, I do realise it's very late, but we're not meeting or not supposed to meet again until September. Um, that's the Local Authority Investment in Commercial Property from the National Audit Office. Councillor Caton has been waiting patiently for the last three and a half hours to join us on this particular matter. And I can only thank him both for his stamina, patience and diligence. Uh, Councillor Caton, who served on this committee last year, was as a resident expert on investment matters. So over to you, Councillor Caton. Hi, um, Mr Chairman, I'm aware that you've had a long meeting to, tonight and do you want me to do the short version or the longer version? Um, I think we'll be guided by your professional expertise, Councillor Kate. Um, well, I mean, I'm, I'm saying because the Director of Finance is not available to, to attend this meeting this evening, I was going to suggest uh, that somebody suggest you be defer this matter uh, to a future meeting when the Director of Finance is actually available to answer any uh, queries about our current processes and the investments. If you, if you want me I, to do so, I can elaborate, but I just thought at this late stage you might want to just make a decision um, cases because you've just made a decision that you're going to meet again uh, to discuss the the administration or what you're ever going to do about their local plan. So I don't know whether it might be advisable to try and combine the two. Perhaps you could give us a, vote, a sort of brief two or three minutes overview of what you think of the main issues so it can be our sort of um, trailer for the main event. Okay, right. And just as a bit, a bit of a background uh, to my request, which was made back in March, you know, the NAO report was published in February. And I was keen that the committee, uh, firstly, was aware of any possible changes or probable changes in the direction of national policy on local authority investments flagged up in the report. Uh, secondly, considers the need to audit the council's processes to see whether they are robust. Uh, I would point out that a footnote on page 109 of the report refers to the qualification of the annual audit letters of Spellthorne and Sherwell, in particular to inv investments that they made during the year and we don't want that to happen in Nucklesford. And thirdly, to ensure that all councillors are aware that Nucklesford is currently an outlier in our investments. Currently, 66% of Nucklesford's investments are out of area against 34% in the area. Figure 10 of the report shows that the national split is 49 to 51. 
Is this difference significant? It should be investigated. The council must not uh, be complacent and consider that all our processes are robust and do not need to be kept under review at all times. And that's where I would like to leave it, Mr Chairman. Thank you very much indeed, Councillor Cake. I'm enormously grateful for your diligence and patience. Uh, does anybody wish to say anything on this matter? Or should we take Councillor Caton's wise advice of deferring it to a future meeting? And, uh, well, we are at home, but um, go about our business. I'd like to propose that we let Melvin go to bed. <laughs> I think that's an awfully good idea. I second that, Councillor Dean. Yeah, I'll have four. Well, um, that draws the meeting to a conclusion, a, a marathon session, and I can only thank everybody uh, for taking part. And if there's anybody still listening at home who's been listening from the beginning, then uh, I salute your uh, fortitude. Thank you very much indeed. Um, good night. Chris, you wanted a word with Gary and I about... Um... I'm, I'm here. I'm, I'm OK.